0: This is the SFF Audio Podcast. Hi, I'm Jesse. Hi, I'm Evan. We're going to talk about the many-headed Hydra, the hidden history of the Revolutionary Atlantic by Peter Linebaugh and Marcus Redeker. Says it's published in 2012. Uh, so first question. Uh, it's older than that, is it's, it?
1: it's two thousand. Oh. That's the second edition, okay. I think.
0: Yeah, four hundred and forty
1: eight pages. It's two thousand, which is when I graduated college. Okay, good. So it became very influential for me in graduate school.
0: That's when what I was I started gonna doing ask.
1: History. And it this book's always been kind of my companion. I actually have that that original two thousand edition and it's all written up and uh dirtied uh, edges binding still holding together but a little moldy because it's been in Taiwan a while (laughs) but yeah it's been a while since I come back to it because I I do kind of know it but there were aspects I picked up on um, was reminded of Uh, there were chapters I I learned to appreciate a lot more I I I think it holds up too Uh, but it it was my first real Big look into kind of history from below. I got some of that as an undergraduate, um, as part of other courses, but still that program I was in it was still a lot of political history and kind of conventional narrative type history.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So this book uh, kind of woke me up to the power of, of the approach of history from below. Mm-hmm. And I know there's a lot of criticism of the book, but I'd like to hear. I, I some. think it, it holds together very well. And I mean, I don't think there's much here that's that's wrong. It just might be a bit over argued at times, but it's like it's it, I think it helped me understand Lovecraft. I think that's one mm-hmm. thing we can mm-hmm. thank this book for, because the language I talk about, like these vernacular mm-hmm. networks and the use of the sea, all that really all that stuff I've said about Lovecraft comes from this mm-hmm. book in a way mm-hmm. it's it's those ideas
0: are rooted in here. I was I was going to ask so that it's been really influential for me in my work. I think I was going to ask like, uh, was this the book that turned you into a radical, or is this the book that allowed you to? No, but it <laughs> to it uh, say got this got is away, my book.
1: It got me away from like reading like <laughs> theory and reading more social history mm. and labor history, and it's like yeah, the experience of like the working class is really interesting, and not just in like strikes and labor organizations, which is kind of what I got as an undergraduate, but mm-hmm. in their like daily life. And then I, I, from here, I went on to read like some of that new wave labor history that was written in the 60s and 70s, like E.P. Thompson, who's mentioned in this book several times, but Herbert Gutman, I think he's mentioned once too. He's like the Americanist who does the same thing, but to try to look at working class life through culture. Right? If you ever read The Making of the English Working Class, the first order of that book is about like religious traditions and English working class radicalism right like with the Baptists and the Methodists and how they fed into radical critiques of the established traditions both the monarchy and the and like the Church of England Mm
2: -hmm.
1: so that and then you know waking me up to things like pirates and Maroon communities and that aspect of opting out, like, of being a form of resistance, mm-hmm. all these things that are still with me, I, I think. I did was it lead first you to
0: and such?
1: Um, because
0: that seems that like... That would have been years later that I started reading Melville. Mm-hmm. Because Melville seems to be laying down a lot of the things that these guys are doing.
1: Melville Blake, William Blake, definitely.
0: Yeah. Some he's... Morris,
1: maybe, in the background, too. Mm-hmm.
0: So I, I was thinking, like you're you're always telling me what you said on Slack that got you, turns you into yeah. a social pariah. I'm like, I, I'm thinking most of the uh, history department you're hanging out with uh, the history people, they haven't read this book, or if they did, they like, yeah, yeah, that's nice. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that I the doubt case? they've read it. Yeah. yeah. Do, do you yeah, think? They do you think that? Uh, so, like, uh, the, people say it all the time, like, you know, books are the most powerful thing in the world. More Pen is mightier than the sword. Like, I, I don't think um, most people actually believe that. Um, but uh, I think that there's a lot of stuff in here that undermines a lot of um, uh, people's sort of go-along, get-along takes. And, like, the heroes in this book versus the villains, like... Uh, Coleridge, villain! Wow, I didn't, I didn't see that coming. Yeah. Um, whereas uh, William Morris, uh, sorry, Francis well, Bacon, right? Fra- Francis. Like, I, I knew, I-, I knew Bacon was off from the beginning, yeah. but uh, or not from the beginning, but when I started reading like what he thought science was, I'm like, this is not science. Uh, but his his politics in here are like, wow, he chose a team, he chose team evil, but yeah. Despard, this Colonel Despard guy. Holy shit! How yeah, come he's not? Amazing. He's he should be like uh, paraded through every street as a hero, and I've never heard of him. And I guess there's a re- I think there's a reason for that. Um, the the scene we get, oh, I you know, second hand uh, of spending time on um, uh, who's the president? Second president? I think Adams. No, third president. Tom... F- Jefferson? Jefferson, Jefferson. Yeah, it would
1: have been Jefferson. Jefferson's
0: estate, um, uh, where, you know, we're getting it secondhand from somebody who's not a fan. Uh, But but that scene on Jefferson's estate is like, oh, my God, that's horrible. Uh, Jefferson, you know, people think of him as sort of problematic today. But um, I think, like, Despard is the hero and Jefferson is the villain except villain like the words all the words are compromised right even the word villain is it just means and yeah it's well, that's
1: well how you I mean it's all set up with the turning that yes. metaphor on its head it's they they kind of they kind of overwork it and sometimes it's like I don't I've never but,
0: thought about it but, but it's I've read it book many times so it was like I never I never thought about the the and their Surprising insights about how these terms hercules and many headed hydra uh were actually used as metaphors by the yeah. by the uh, mostly by the upper, upper crust who are living off the pain of the poors um but even thinking about it as as poors and riches doesn't make quite as much sense as uh the those with weapons and those uh you know are obeying until they don't. It's a pretty amazing book. It's like very insightful. And I uh we started with that um pirates book What's Golden Age of Piracy, what's it called? By uh, Villains of All Nations. Villains of All Nations. That was
1: written after this. Right. Um and, and it, you could tell which chapter was written by Redeker, I mm-hmm.
0: think. because um, that's only by Redeker, right?
1: Yeah, I, I I don't know how this book was written. My guess is certain chapters like the dust chapter is probably written by lambaugh mm. Um, the 1741, which is now my favorite chapter in the book. Um, the slave conspiracy.
0: That's pretty amazing. It's
1: not just slaves, but the 1741, the, the outcast nations of the world chapter. Mm-hmm. Um, it's probably my favorite now. That's probably Redeker, along with the hierarchy stuff. That's that's his stuff.
0: There is no Wikipedia entry for this book, and I was thinking, oh, it's a conspiracy. <laughs> yeah. um, and I, I, I actually believe that too, kind of. Um, uh, but uh, if you look up hierarchy, which there isn't a lot uh, about there, right? And uh,
1: that's a yeah, that's a great idea. The idea of like. The rule of the sea, that's literally what it means, right? Rule mm-hmm. over water. Or the control of water. some the power of water, I, I'm not sure how you would kind of translate that. But it, the, like everything is flipped yes. in this book. Everything is like from the top and then the bottom. So there is a hierarchy from the top, which is the Royal Navy. Right. The capitalism, right? But he's like, like swipes that. He left swipes that and then says, well, let's look a bottom-up order. Mm-hmm created by the pirates or created by the sailors
0: so the wikipedia entry for hydrarchy basically seems to largely rely on this book and it is mentioned in in the wikipedia entry as well and but uh somebody somebody's like oh this is a good book um <laughs> they're not allowed to have a wikipedia entry for the book but uh we can slip it in it's it's basically how wikipedia works right is there is a bunch of CIA guys who are employed <laughs> to, um, and some of them are like I think they do it recreationally, like mm. <laughs> just yeah, they're like they're they, they're not personally making money from locking Wikipedia accounts and such, but uh, th- that's their their life purpose because they have no actual work, <laughs> mm. and so they lock lock out things, but. Because Wikipedia is quite large and there are competing ideas, you can still find a lot of information there about things that uh, you probably shouldn't be allowed to, based on some people's point of view. So, uh, basically, I think this book is saying uh, we've got we've got a whole bunch of people who've been oppressed all over the planet, especially between the continents of africa and north and south and uh south america and europe um they don't go into the pacific at all as far as i can see in this book no and they, i think that don't. that it would be a whole huge other and later story
1: because i think he,
0: they hint at it towards
1: the end where they, they kind of say this becomes global yes they the, do in, in they the do. future
0: um, and that's but, why, yeah. It's
1: just looking at the Atlantic because that's that's the birthplace. Of I guess
0: no, they do is, they, because the Bly Bly and the breadfruit, so they are in the Pacific. Yeah, but that's yeah, they pretty, so it, that's but the it's, beginning, it's right? Because blackbirding was made. Yes, yeah, I'm
1: I'm teaching this now, like in like doing the sixth, seventh, uh, the 16th century uh, in the world history class I'm teaching, and yeah, it's like this this is why we have the world. That we have today yes it's, it's capitalism is fueled by sugar and slavery that's where the cash to fund the British industrialism came from right that
0: and the capital is people
1: the, the capital is being accumulated to use the Marxist language right of primitive accumulation
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, no Atlantic world no these systems would not have been created the labor migrate like the movement of people
2: mm-hmm.
1: to serve. Like the needs of capital,
0: and uh, the, there are other the stories to tell too. The the Indian ocean of well, yeah, the Indian Ocean. You know, like I, I'm thinking about Gandhi. You know, like when I saw the movie Gandhi, I'm like, why is this Indian guy in South Africa?
1: Yeah, there, there's a story. The empire moving people around. That's right, right. all
0: the time. And um, and there the, 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 there are heroes amongst the the horror, but it those heroes are repressed and excised and not promoted. And then we have these figures from the past. And yet I wanted to tell you one of the things before I read this book, I don't know if you've ever looked at my Twitter account, <laughs> like, um, my profile, I guess it is, you know, I don't have yep. a he, him or anything in there. I'm going to dig it out. Cause I, I, I don't, I don't look at it. That I'm much. sure. I have looked at it. Um, I, it's all jokes, right? Uh, so it's, uh, This is my Twitter profile. Ruritanian romantic, former master of assassins, drawer of roof bears, hewer of colors, scanner living in vain, universal monster. So that I'm making a joke about drawing drawing of water and hewing of wood. Mm -hmm. I didn't know that. Like I knew that it had origins in uh, because I I studied the Bible. Yeah, but it's in Canadian history too. So like Mm. that. There, we read a lot of, um, you know, Canada's a youngish country compared to most. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, there's a diaries of Susanna Moody. You know, this is something Margaret Atwood would would say is a foundational or something like that. Um, and it's basically just a lady in the bush from Europe saying, it's really hard living in the forest. <laughs> and what do you do? You chop down trees, <laughs> wear high heels. <laughs> and uh, draw water from the the river and then you interbreed with the locals who you are in uh a relationship with because of capitalism right hudson's bay company used to i I tell this to students all the time i think it's so funny cuz from my school you can like climb climb out on the roof and point across the street to the hbc right that's that that little building there that's going out of business that used to own this entire you know northern part of the continent and it's like explaining how we got from there to here is the history of canada and it's a weird strange history and it involves people you know in europe wanting hats <laughs> people locally trading goods for furs and then sending those to factories, which is explained in this book as well, right? And there, there are mm-hmm. places all over Canada, you know, Fort, Fort Saint James, Fort Saint John, forts, trading forts, and then there are uh, there's a place somewhere in the east called Moose Factory. I'm like, why is it called Moose Factory? It's all explained by Canadian history, yeah. right? So we are technically cut off from this history, and we get sort of a uh discovery and then settlement sort of fast forward to the reality of things when I went to Belize I had no idea Disbard was a guy or that like mm-hmm. um, and it, it 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 was like a very um, strange country compared to most it felt like it was from a previous period in time um, but how like they didn't get independence for a long time? Uh, probably because they had iron rule after that. But I had no, I have no idea because it's all. Uh, most people don't know Belize exists, right? And most people don't know there is a English speaking country on the mainland of North America under Mexico. They have no idea. Why is that? I think it's because it doesn't serve the interests of the people. who... You know, make the curriculum. Who are, you know, the Chamber of Commerce? (laughs) Like, I I wasn't taught about it in school. Why should I? Well, Well, I think this book is very subversive.
1: So I can say, like, when you teach about the 16th century America, Mm -hmm. you'll you'll learn the word when you learn about the Spanish rule, mestizo, right? Right. Or in in French Canada, it was meti, right? Meti. Yeah. Uh, Creoles, whatever. Mm -hmm. But there's never any conversation about where they come about. Or if they had any politics, they're just oh, it's an example of of culture mixing, right? It's, a, it's, it's proto-globalization, yeah. Or whatever. It's
0: part of our mosaic up but, here.
1: I mean, that's the radical thing about Despard too. In the, his their account of Despard is he was radicalized by the Hydra. It seems like it. He did not start that way, right? He encountered these people and became radical by them. Same thing with uh. With the Putney debates, right? Where you had a member of the ruling class who was converted.
0: It reminded me of, um, obviously, slightly different, but um, uh, who's the American general in the businessman's plot? Uh, shit.
1: But uh, during, like, the Great Depression?
0: Yeah. I forget his name. Uh, what what's, The fascist plot in America? Yeah. Uh, businessman's plot. Damn it. My brain doesn't work properly. He's a general. Smedley Butler. I just brought it up from my brain. So Smedley Butler, uh, he's not, um, he didn't get, you know, hung. <laughs> he wasn't executed. Yeah. Um, but it might be the case that he's like, he's a little too much like Daniel Ellsberg, right? Dan- they wanted to kill Daniel Ellsberg. They couldn't because they technically fucked up too much, and the uh, the judicial system is like mm, maybe we shouldn't like be that obvious about it. So he gets a pass, right? Julian Assange doesn't get a pass because yeah, you know, he's foreign. You know, he we'll we'll see what happens because there seems to be yeah,
1: violence. they they didn't they didn't hesitate to get rid of Despard or no or, uh, people behind the seventeen forty uh, one. Conspiracy,
0: but what's so interesting now is like the official line is actually we need to incorporate all these. Uh, we created race. We created racism to divide the the poor's so yeah. that we could use them. Now racism is a bad thing that is used only by the bad people, um, and we can bring those people into running the system of. I guess inevitable, inexorable capitalism.
1: Well, you, as long as you keep the institutions racist, right?
2: Like,
1: you can keep the system of, of slave labor in U.S. prisons. Yes. Largely affecting African Americans. Yes. And you still have the rhetoric that we're post-racial. But, but, I, I think even with the, like the language of the American Revolution becoming – like being universal – It's that itself is kind of a whitewashing. What's
0: interesting about this book, though, is it it makes a very substantial point that is mentioned in regular school when I was a kid that there was these slaves who were not black, right? There was uh, indentured servants,
1: indentured servants,
0: um, A.K.A. slaves, Um, but the difference was, you know, they can work the and you know they're. They're morally reprobates, right? I, I, I guess I, it'd be interesting to see what an Australian would say about you know what mm-hmm. what they're taught about this in their schools because it was uh, the, their foundation. Whereas Canada is not quite that; it's more like avarice. Oh, well, we need to get these resources and trade, mm-hmm. and that, and then keeping keep like a lot of the population of the central prairies. Like, where my grandparents came from.
1: Well, I want to put a pin in the trade thing, because was something I was thinking of before, and I want to come back to it a little bit. But on this labor thing, Mm -hmm. uh, I think an important point, I think the book makes it, but other historians, of course, have unveiled this, too, is, like, in the 17th century, you have indentured servants and slaves. And their difference is, you you couldn't literally own, like. A British subject, right? Right. You could own uh, their contract, whatever their indenture, right? You could own that, Mm -hmm. and that could be traded. And and they were treated very similar, but they had a way out. But when death rates meant you're probably going to die in the first seven years, many of these people were in that condition for life, right?
2: Mm -hmm.
1: Or those all those indentures got extended or whatever. But legally, there was a distinction at the time, right? But after the 1741 uprising, after Bacon's Rebellion even earlier, but this book talks about, well, it talks about Bacon's too, but there it's more of a footnote. But the 1741 slave uprising in New York, which for me is becoming such a great chapter in this book. Because one thing I I missed before that I didn't realize is how New York became the slave port of last resort. Mm. Did you catch that? Mm -mm. Because if you were in the triangular trade, you went to the Caribbean first. Mm Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's where you sold your slaves. But there'd be people there selling their slaves too to you. Mm. And you would buy them.
0: Right. Or okay. those
1: yeah, slaves you couldn't that. sell. Yeah. And then the defective product. You'd go up, to Virginia. You go up to, to Virginia and the same thing would happen. Then you'd end up in New York and all you had left on your ship by that point, and you had to sell them all, were yeah, defective products. Were the rebels, were the people who were not could not be seasoned. That's a that's a term you learn in high school history. The seasoning season of slaves. Oof. Yeah. Which is basically mean
0: you know breaking
1: them breaking them through threats of death and violence until mm-hmm. they basically do what you say um, but yeah, in New York, you had to unload the slaves, otherwise you're going to lose money, right, so mm-hmm. you sold them cheap
2: mm-hmm.
1: i uh, uh I was reading but but then but anyways, to finish the point mm-hmm. um in New York then that you had these really radical slaves, but the res- the response to that was we need a Line between whites and
0: blacks mm-hmm.
1: So And it, it happened with Bacon's Rebellion too Like after Bacon's Rebellion there's like okay We have a problem here And the solution is give whites land mm-hmm. Give those Indigenous servants more hope We're not going to give it To the slaves mm-hmm. So s- racism is a product Of conscious decisions to suppress The working class right? Right, Because it's like we're going to If we can promote conflict between the white working class and the black working class we can manipulate that and they, it was being manipulated well into the 20th century where blacks were being used as strike breakers mm-hmm. so then the white unions didn't want to associate with black workers because they, they had a reputation of being strike breakers well there were strike breakers because that was the job they could get mm-hmm. you know, when no one else was hiring them except as as scabs
0: it's 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 crazy because it, so that's been it's a well deliberate it. it's a deliberate technique that develops and and then we go on to live with it and then i'm growing up as a kid i'm like am i racist i i don't think i'm racist <laughs> but it's like it's like a fear of um you know like when everybody's worried about homosexuality he's like am i gay i, I don't think i'm gay <laughs> <laughs> but everybody's worried about this. Everybody's calling everybody a fag all the time. Why? Why are they doing that? Um, <laughs> like you're racist? Am I? I, I don't know. It's, it doesn't seem to be the case. Um, it's like it was. It was put into the system, and then. It, but yeah, racism. People isn't, forget it about can it. Can be it an individual thing. Like,
1: there are individual racists.
0: Sure, people, but
1: but it's primarily a system, right? And this is what critical race theory argues, which is why I, I think it's it's based. Is like you can't focus on individuals. Say, like, oh, you're a racist. It's like, yeah, you live in America.
0: When you say based, America is fundamentally racist, do you racist mean country. good? Is that what "based" means? Yeah, based, yeah. Oh wow, I have not studied critical race theory, but well, it's it's basically saying it's the problem is
1: institutional. It's
0: yeah so why would you need to have a class to make you (laughs) make you not if if it's the institution that's sending you to it well you don't take a class you i believe that's what
1: happens you take the class teaches you the history right or the the history class teaches you that Uh, these are the roots of the country is it
0: is that what those classes are
1: I don't. Well, I don't know. I, th-
0: I, 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 I think. I think you, you got to be careful what what do you think, because that lady. Is not she sounds
1: doing critical. Race. Yeah, critical race theory is is uh, flagellation. But
0: I think. I, I know, think it. Point. I think it is. It's like you need to root out the sin within you, which is pretty scary, because that's. It, I'm pretty sure I'm not racist. I'm
2: pretty well, I think sure that's, a, that.
1: That. that's not the intention as I understand it. My wow. understanding
0: is it's I it's, don't, I don't even know it's looking at the institution what the
1: lady's name of, is
0: but um, I, I wanted to why speak, read many-headed Hydra. that's where I get my concept that's, of yeah, yeah. From. yeah. I, I'm, I'm in favor of this book. So speaking of which um, I had a student, we were uh, trying to make progress very poorly uh, or online. Online classes are terrible. Um, And uh, I'm like, we need to change up things are not working. So I had her read with me um, uh, a Sombrera Rabbit. (laughs) Yeah. Well, it's uh, uh, Uncle Remus. We read two stories uh, from Uncle Remus. Uh, I think it's like second and fourth or second and fifth story in the Uncle Remus stories. And um, it strikes me that... Uh, like i believe the author was white i can't remember but it's a black it's an old black man probably an uh, ex-slave living on uh, on his former plantation or whatever in the south somewhere in this in the states uh telling stories to a little white boy as far as i can tell and yep. uh he the story's always interrupted by his mom calling him um and we get background information about what the family is like based on what he says in the stories. Like he compares, um, uh, he compares things that the boy would know to things that Brer Rabbit is acting like, right? Like what kind of Mm -hmm. birds his mom has and that sort of thing. But the stories themselves to me are not aimed necessarily for a little white boy. They are stories of how to behave so as to survive in a system of, of slavery. Um, like what Br'er Rabbit does when Br'er Fox tries to get him. What Br'er Fox does, uh, or Br'er Rabbit escapes, how Br'er Rabbit escapes. Like using reverse psychology to get thrown into the Briar Patch. Uh, using... Um, Using uh, uh, st- the idea of stuck upness in the Tar Baby story, like you're stuck up. It's a double meaning, so it's funny, right? Because <laughs> he gets stuck into the Tar Baby, but the idea of somebody having to give you, uh, you have to say good morning to them, and if they're not, then they get beaten. It's, it's, it is like the writing down of the vernacular tradition that allows people to somehow survive uh, the horror that is being a slave mm-hmm. and and so it's and combined with the um, awesome you know style of writing which is it's uh, phonetic so just trying to figure out what the words mean is its makes it a fun exercise for the kid and a lot of the things that I remember as a kid, like what was good and what was bad, what we're allowed to do and what we weren't allowed to do. I didn't understand why any of that was happening because it's, but I don't think the people were telling me did either. Like for uh, one of the ones in this book is salty language. (laughs) Yeah. So so, uh, me, I think the word fuck and you know, shit and all the bad words we're not supposed to say are really good words but I think we need to use them sparingly because they uh, are valuable. You don't want to like only... Your only adjective should not be fuck or fuck it. Um, you should use it when it's important uh, to understate points and and make make your arguments better. But I was told not to say these words because they were bad. But th- I don't think the teachers who are telling me this... And the people who were telling me this knew why they were bad. It's because people at the top says, don't let the poorers get to talking amongst themselves. Mm -hmm. Don't listen to those sailors. Yeah. (laughs) Surprise. (laughs) Big surprise. And a lot of stuff. Like, um, I I was explaining to students the difference between swearing um, and cursing. (laughs) one is religious and the other one is promising so in school you're not supposed to swear right? like I swear if you keep hitting me I will take your fucking head off that's a swear Mm -hmm. (laughs) whereas cursing is like god damn your eyes (laughs) but we're not allowed to do either so what is our recourse we have to be good little boys and good little girls and always do what the Mm -hmm. authority above tells us and another reason why school is abuse (laughs) it's something imposed to keep the factory workers from you know organizing (laughs) and overthrowing their masters and then saying hey you know like a lot of what this book is about which is i just don't want to work all the time can't we just like have a nice lifestyle you know, there's well, enough food to go right around. With
1: the Barbados thing, right? Again, that's another story that always gets you learn. You learn about Virginia, you don't learn about Barbados. Mm-hmm. You might even read The Tempest in that.
0: Wow, this part, right? I should have read this book before I read the oh, we well, did a show on The Tempest because I, I did. I think I did pretty good on that, mm-hmm. um, and I knew that you know it was based on that shipwreck that's mentioned near the beginning of the book, yeah. but uh, it forms a not a backbone, but a strong limb of this yeah. many-headed hydra <laughs> of a book. It's kind of um, – it's it, it, this book kind of needs more of the subsequent books like the, um, the Villains of All Nations because there's so many aspects of the book that are – like we need a whole disbarred book.
1: There is a disbarred book by none other than Peter Limbaugh. Why aren't we reading right that? Now? Oh, good. Uh,
0: is there no audiobook?
1: I don't. I doubt there's an audiobook. Damn it! Peter Linebaugh's been really prolific lately. He wrote um, a couple books about the commons. One called the Magna Carta Manifesto, mm-hmm. and the other called Stop Thief. He's um, his best. His his great book is his first one, The London Hanged, which looks at like the origin of capitalism and its relationship to capital punishment in London. That's before this, um, but. He's read, read something. He's wrote sorry. He's written something on Blake, I think, and he's written something on maybe on E.P. Thompson, and definitely he's done one on Despard.
0: I'm not seeing uh, any other audiobooks by these guys, but it's not, not. going to be a. Uh, that's unfortunate. And then, then Rediker went on
1: and wrote about like a whole book on the slave ship. Oh, here it is: uh, Red, round, globe, burning hot, a tale of at the crossroads of commas enclosure of love and terror, of race and class, and of Kate and Ned Despard. So wow. just like in this book, he wants to put Kate central to the story. I, I think that's one thing I really appreciate about this book, too, is how women are put at the center of the tale. It's hmm. something that Linebaugh really cares a lot about. Mm-hmm. Redeker includes them, but he's dealing more with the sea and the ship, where, where women aren't as conspicuous. But Linebaugh really... Emphasizes women in his writing. Yeah. And you see he does it with uh, the, well, it's in the 1741 conspiracy, the role of women. And I was actually looking at the original transcripts that are mentioned a lot in the book. The, like, the report on the investigation and the, the interviews with the prisoners and all that. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, it's like they come down on the men. They don't want to admit the role of women. It's like the prosecutors at the time wanted to downplay how central women were. Well,
0: you need that, you can't execute the women; they need to make the babies.
1: Yeah, that's why you, ex- you, you you. They plead the belly. Mm-hmm. That, that's what, it's one of my favorite stories, in just in 18th century history, is how you have all these women criminals that end up in jails, but then it's going to be like six months before they get their trial and to be executed for whatever crime they committed. Right? That's plenty of time in a place mm-hmm. like Newgate to to get yourself pregnant. And then you can plead your belly and go to go to America. So this happened a lot. Like a criminal would go into the jails. And the jails in those days were really loose. People came in. to. Well, it seems like the Mexican jails came in. Right? Yeah. So after six months in jail, yeah, they're going to be pregnant. And then you can't execute them. And then, yeah, send you to Virginia
2: mm-hmm. or
1: whatever. Which so, is kind of like back to that theme of the New York being the depository for the the slaves that no one else wanted to buy.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: It's like America becomes the depository did, for all the troublesome people.
0: Do you think that the reason Moby Dick didn't get uh, popular is because it was repressed until later? Cause it is pretty, I, I, well, I I'm not thinking, I, I mean, it starts in New York, right? And it did get bad reviews, right? It was, it was not loved when it came out. So it's,
1: in a sense, there wasn't reviewers said, we don't want this book to be popular in yeah. that sense. Yeah. It was kept. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. But I don't think whoever was president at the time, Pierce, was like, oh, you got to suppress this
2: book.
0: <laughs> <anything> like that. <laughs> no, I, I, I don't think you need to have it all the way at the top. I mean, you can, you can't, uh, I mean, clearly, uh, we got uh, President of the United States now who he doesn't know what room he's in. So it doesn't have to come from the top. Yeah. Right? It just – you just have to have enough people in the various institutions to just say this is the system we like and this is the system we're going to keep – repress that. Um, So there's actually several Marcus Rediker books that we haven't read on the podcast here. The Fearless Benjamin Lay, The Quaker Dwarf Who Became the First Revolutionary Abolitionist. Is this the black dwarf of this book that we're reading? there's a magazine yeah, called so. the black dwarf oh interesting it might
1: be um
0: have you read that one
1: i haven't read that book i read the slave ship one and the pirate stuff and between the devil and the deep sea. The, uh, the amistad rebellion is also uh, yeah he did an amistad rebellion book you
0: know, is did that get turned into the movie
1: or is no it, no that's okay. much later okay the movie was a lot earlier oh really okay doesn't that movie make like it makes John Quincy Adams something the hero, I which don't is fine. It that I like well. I like the Adamses. The Adamses are basically good guys. I remember it being well shot. I don't but remember that's, much. Also, that's about propaganda it. for you. I think is like how Adams the Adamses get treated. Now, yes, an Adams descendant did form uh, Raytheon, <laughs> the President of Raytheon. But that aside, like that that first those I've been because I did that Civil War series. I've been doing a lot of with the Adamses the one Mm. because John Adams's grandson was the ambassador to London and Henry Adams was with him as like a secretary Mm. so he was writing a lot of letters to Charles Francis Adams Jr. who was in the army so the Adamses showed up a lot in there but yeah I mean a group of people on the right side of history you have a hard time finding a better group both Abigail Adams with like the politics of gender and the Proper role for women in a democracy. John Adams being a, you know. He he sacrifices presidency to stop a war. How many presidents do that? Mm, most start a war to keep the presidency. Yeah. He he could have went to war with France. He would have been reelected probably if he
0: had. Maybe Carter. Carter didn't
2: Maybe try and Carter. start any wars. <laughs>
1: He didn't try to start any. But no he, if, if he, he, had he, had he,
0: had he done that, he would have probably won reelection, right? Hmm. He's unpopular, but that's a way to get popular: is start a war, <laughs> get the flag flying, and people fall in line. It's crazy. Yep. Uh, so yeah, I, I want to read more of these. Um, very interesting history books. Wow. What what did you uh, think of the slave ship? Because that sounds pretty dreadful. As in the slave ship, it's it's a horror show.
1: Um, the book's good. Yeah. Um, it it looks a lot at like resistance. I think the the big contribution there, because there's a lot that we already know.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: But the looking at resistance to the slave trade from within the ship by mm-hmm. white sailors, which is hinted at in this book too.
2: Mm-hmm. You know
1: how. They had to sometimes trick sailors into saying, you know, this is actually we're going to Africa because sailors just wouldn't sign up for those ships.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: Not only because like you've got a higher chance of just dying because disease and they're just miserable experiences. You can imagine, right? Mm -hmm. And then they would be forced to like be guards, essentially prison guards. Mm -hmm. So they would so they would have to trick them and say, oh, no, we're going somewhere else. And they had euphemisms and things for 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 that to, euphemisms are horrible euphemisms to get people you know to not know they're going to africa um but a lot of but there are examples of mutinies on slave ships by the sailors we we're, we're're we're all white right some of them were black too
2: but
1: mm-hmm. the interracial aspect so much a big theme of this book it's uh such an important part, the mm-hmm. role of women, the interracialness of this working class, um, and then alternatives I, I think we haven't talked much about that. you mentioned just people wanting to relax, but you know this the t- I think one of the tyrannies of history is the teleology mm-hmm. And I, and I think a big problem with world history today, this is why I liked that book so much when I was in graduate school, is a lot of world history is just the history of trade, the history of capitalism, and it makes the current world we live in inevitable.
2: Mm-hmm. And,
1: and this is the thing I put a pin in before and I want to come back to. Um, the Indian Ocean, you mentioned, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but you're looking, thinking about the 19th century or the British Empire. But the Indian Ocean trade system is a theme in world history because you're going back to like after the Arab conquest of the Middle East, And you have the spread of Islam to East Africa and in in India that helps create a world system where Arabic is kind of the lingua franca. Mm -hmm. And it's Arabs who run the ships. You have a whole technological system and a lot of like Arabic innovation in the Middle Ages is connected to this trade in some way. Right. Mm -hmm. So you have a commercial system. What you don't have is capitalism. That does not create... Yeah,
0: propaganda. they don't They don't have but, corporations that are global yeah. in scope, right? So,
1: and this is something I, I struggle with my students a lot, is when they think about capitalism, they think about trade. And whenever you talk about connections, the first thing they'll say is trade. It's like there have been... That's indoctrination, like this idea that trade is how we interact with other cultures. Right? Mm-hmm. And it's good. But... It doesn't create wealth. And, and then they also believe trade makes people rich. And it, it, I don't see how that does. If I have a horse and I sell you it for $100, now you have a $100 horse and I have $100. There's no wealth created, right? No. Now, let's say I scam you and I, and I, you, you, I get you to pay $150 for the horse, right? Mm-hmm. So now you have a horse, mine is $50 and I have $150. It's still a zero-sum game. Mm-hmm right there's no wealth created but a lot of people think trade creates wealth right the ruling class today talks that way yes but that's just numbers on a uh, someone's being screwed yes with trade where does wealth where does wealth come from i think you know this and i think the authors of this book know this too labor it comes through making stuff production right mm-hmm. actually making things is where wealth is created where you turn that tree into a table right right
0: the mahogany trade in, the, in Belize. Yeah. I, like, I had no idea mahogany was B- Belize.
1: But that's the big difference is, mm-hmm. is how the Atlantic creates capitalism because it's all worked up into transformative systems of production. The mm-hmm. plantation,
2: mm-hmm.
1: right? Uh, the ship being a site of production, you know, the hewers the of wood draw of water stuff.
2: Right?
1: Mm-hmm. That's, that's the difference in the Atlantic world. Yeah, there's always trade in the world, right? Trade's a universal. Mm-hmm. The Mesopotamians traded mm-hmm. with people. That it never created capitalism until this early modern world, in the Atlantic. Yeah, it that's w- why this book has to be about the Atlantic. If you're going to look at the origins of capitalism.
0: Hmm. So I think there are more stories to be told. I I want to hear about yeah. blackbirding in you know the 19th century. This is, mm-hmm. this is just I guess just uh, after the time of Melville, right? It's basically, hey, yeah. we've got some more uh, the copra trade. I don't know anything about why anybody wants copra, but apparently they did. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And it had some massive effects on the people there. Uh, Jack London gets into it a little bit, and I'm like, this is fascinating, because it's, it's like Star Trek. You go into a strange federation of Romulans... <laughs> Klingons, and they're all doing weird things, and you don't know what's going on. And it's dangerous. Uh, but there's also a lot of people who are getting tricked into, you know, boarding ships to go places on islands where they're going to be slaves and die. And that's horrible. But it it's how there's Maoris in Vancouver. <laughs> like, how, yeah. how did they get here? Well, there are ships, and if you can get on one, you can get away from that hor- horrible thing, and then you can move move away from the port so that they can't press you back on. And but a lot of them also
1: were because after this, after slavery was abolished, you have a kind of uh, there's a book about this called "The White Pacific," which is mm-hmm. about the, essentially a renewed slave trade in the Pacific.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And that's a lot of this actually old slave traders just moved to the Pacific right and start dealing with with Pacific Islanders. That's why California had all those.
0: It's like the Nazis uh, moving to Islanders. the states. Yeah. Doing Nazi stuff in the States. <laughs> wow. Um, so, yeah, there, there's a the hidden history title of this book is 100% true. Yeah,
1: usually I don't like that. Usually I, when you read books like yeah, oh, yeah. The Unknown Story of This, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Yeah, it's just you don't read enough That's if you think that's an understatement. That's story. right. But this, I think there is the way they put it together. It is new. Yes. And
0: yeah, I. I think they found. They don't say, know why this We found isn't something. A classic. It, I think. I, I think it should. Well, maybe be, it but, will be eventually. I mean, it takes time sometimes.
1: Labor history never comes back. It's remained sort of suppressed in history. There are labor historians, but how many departments actually have a labor historian? They
0: labor in obscurity, because yeah. I mean, why, how, how is this going to help you? You're going to go into the but you know what? Fast there's a fast-moving like, industry of uh, unions. <laughs> There's
1: a lot of historians who study trade. And that's this world history turn. I really have have two minds about it. Because you get books like this Mm -hmm. with the world history turn. Where it's like, let's go away from national history and let's look at international history. And you get a lot of books like this. But you also get a lot of books that are like, oh, the East India Company, the greatest thing in the world. (laughs) You know, the East India Company, the making of the modern world. There's probably a book similar to that title somewhere. Mm -hmm. Or um, all these like... The history of the world in fifty, yeah, commodities. Right. You know, the history of the world in ten drinks. Yeah, and, the, and I like those books. To, but uh, it reduces
0: things. They're not to, insightful like this one, though. Yeah. Yes. It
1: it's sep- it, it's, it the from, yeah. uh, it's the history of coffee.
0: Yeah, it's not. Tom Standage is the author of all those books, and they're all good. Yeah. They're just not this. This is th- those books are like you can see why they're popular <laughs> because they're yeah. simple and they're they're peppy <laughs> but and they don't threaten but they're, power they're,
1: but they're propaganda they're they saying, are this world we live in where we're just trading things on computer screens and that's where wealth is generated mm-hmm. is through trade the world is flat kind of stuff it's mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's the proper it's the historical logic of late capitalism mm-hmm. and globalization that's what i think a lot of this is and this right. book stands as kind of a Refutation of that—that that we need. Yeah, there is a globalization. It's the Hydra. The Hydra is global.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You want global? You want know, something global? Look at the Hydra. It's—it's it's the separation into nations and races is the response to the Hydra by the ruling class. Mm-hmm. White supremacy is the counterrevolution.
0: Yeah, but uh, that's why I think
1: that's that there's actually that, that, thats why the critical race theory. I think. You need to have it because that's understanding. Why do we have white supremacy today? Why do we have institutions that are white supremacist?
0: It's, but uh, but that's not. The that's not the way that book is. Go- uh, the, the critical race lady, she's doing the opposite. Well, awkward- lady, I, I don't, I, I I don't know. There's there's a specific lady who's like she. If you type in critical, ra- I'll just type it. Critical race theory lady. <laughs>
1: Maybe I totally misunderstand what critical race theory is, but uh, when I first heard about it I am just like, yeah, that's just is it good Kimberly
0: history. Crenshaw is that her? maybe I don't know I, I It don't seems really to know. be the first one that comes up well, yeah, so obviously a lot of the a lot of the terms get thrown around as like you're this, you're that i, I I'm like um, i was I was thinking a lot about the lady who wrote that um. That uh, Twilight book. I'm like, she's um, she really knows. She really knows what she is. <laughs> she really knows what she wants. She knows her audience. Um, and it's it's like very simple, right? Mm-hmm. And I think people like things to be very simple. Things things that speak to them and that they get. Like everybody, everybody, uh, wants to be a teenage. If you're a teenage girl, you want to have boys like you. <laughs> Yeah, and you want you know you want to uh, be chaste in a certain sense, chaste, and mm-hmm. chased C H A S T E and C H A S E D, right? Both. Um, and this gives you both, but but
1: but you're we need you're, you're you just engaging. You're engaging in kind of critical marriage theory or something, yeah. marriage uh, relationship theory where you're breaking down the ideology behind our assumptions about relationships and you see evidence of it in literature.
0: Uh, yeah. I mean, she's coming from the, you know, very traditional. It's, it's not even traditional. It's just like a modern traditional, uh, religion where, you know, you don't engage with alcohol. You don't engage with smoking. You don't engage in premarital sex. And, Mm you uh you know you go out into the world and try and convert, convince people of your beliefs and because of that she's not she she's she's like I'm gonna write this and she wrote a vampire <laughs> werewolf book uh, to express the ideas of a teenage girl and it doesn't need to be a vampire werewolf book it's just that she likes vampires and werewolves. It doesn't really make any sense. When I think of werewolves, I think of, like, uh, uh, mentioned in this book, Land Rovers, right? People who are not going to take your shit anymore. People who are outside of, of, uh, uh, you know, Robin Hood's uh, cleaned up version of the outlaws. And uh, I I had no idea, Land. I I thought Land Rover Company, like, cars were, I had no idea it was from a real phenomenon. So this book is super enlightening as opposed to the ones that are about, you know, how to live within your very, what's the, there's a uh, a phenomenon, I, I don't know if it's it's probably on Instagram, it's called Cottage Core, where you just, uh, you know, you keep a nice little house in the forest and you're a hobbit. <laughs> <laughs> pictures pictures of people drinking tea and enjoying flowers you know like it's like I, I and it's sort of even pre pre having children it's like setting up your perfect cottage uh, for a perfect childhood for the children you're gonna have. <laughs> and it seems to be an aesthetic for trad girls or trad pre-wives or something mm-hmm. like like that's the way most people want to <laughs> engage with capitalism rather than overturning it or like fighting it as well is, is can. that
1: a i mean is that a bit of a issue with this is there's this a bit of a of a nostalgia for like the the medieval. In some of this, and
0: uh, I, think yeah, I mean, doing with people that have uh, compared have, to the commons being collapsed and getting kicked off your land and you know, yeah. enslaved and made a criminal. I mean, <laughs> you could want to have some nostalgia. If you for, look at when for
1: when for the that. working class was most radical, it's when they're transitioning. When it was people who came from agrarian settings, maybe in Europe, right? Mm-hmm. Sailed over to America, the promised land, whatever. They, the, the <laughs> And they, they hear good things about it, right? And they end up in like Yurgis, right? And the jungle. They end up in the, the, the fucking meat packing plant. Mm-hmm. And then they're like, yeah, this is not what we signed up
0: for. Nope.
1: But the yeah, that those most radical periods of of, of history were of labor history were people in that transition. And and that's the point here too. It's like the Stoner Rebellion. I think it's mentioned in this book. It's around the same time, actually. I think it's in that chapter on the New York conspiracy, because it's around the same time as that. I think the Stono Rebellion is 1740, and the New York Uprising conspiracy is 1741. Like, those were Africans who were at the forefront, not like African-Americans, just a couple generations on the road, right? They were on the forefront of these movements. Mm-hmm. So it's that something about that transition. And yeah, there's going to be a nostalgia for what we've lost. In a way, or, a, or a looking back.
0: Or oh, the traditions that you're connected just, to in your ancestry, right? So, that are being torn away. Yes.
1: But th- there's going to be people who say that was worth it. Because we have
0: iPhones. <laughs> the, slave, uh, the, the Somebody saying uh, nice iPhones.
1: Well, they're not nice going to talk slave about the slavery thing. AOC. But they are going to talk about how crucial it was to create these global systems of trade and 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 Yeah,
0: blockchain. a lot of, a lot there was a lot of breakage the, along the way is what they're going to say, right? And yeah. that's a shame. <laughs> People being tossed overboard on.
1: The- you got like Stephen Pinker saying, you know, that like yes. Yeah.
0: Stephen we, Pinker. We're moving is towards the opposite
1: of this. greater progress, right? Yes.
0: Or- and the thing is is there d- 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 there are things he can point to right mm-hmm. um so uh, the the one that I, i'm pointing to that i think you're not picking up as uh, or you're denying as in you, you don't think it's important it's like it's the it's the uh meme where you see uh president obama president uh biden president uh bush and president uh i don't know cheney or whatever and yeah. um and it's a bomber dropping bombs, and they change the logo on the side of the bomber, right? Some it's rainbow flags, sometimes it's Black Lives Matter, sometimes it's that uh, thin blue line, uh, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the thing is, is no matter who, so like when we get the was it last year? There was we were getting ads for the CIA where I'm a agender, gender <laughs> lesbian black disabled lady, and I'm a member of the CIA. We get a bunch of you know, you anybody can drop bombs for, for the CIA. Well, uh, that, that, I that's can... a post. They're trying to make get past this idea of we are a uh, repressing, we're putting down racism. So that is kind of a progress, but incorporating. No, I, it.
1: I, I don't disagree with anything you've just okay.
0: said. I just I, think it's it's a phenomenon that is hard to understand, given mm-hmm. that it's a, such a good technique. And, you know, the the problem with poors in the United States tends to be that they're getting fat, not getting getting starving. Right? The, the problem seems to be that their food mm-hmm. has additives rather than they don't have food. Right? Their babies are getting poisoned rather than their mm-hmm. babies are dying from malnutrition. So the problems are changing. And so they can, uh, they can throw away the old, you're saying, you know, uh, black, well, I, blacks I think, are incarcerated. Well, part of that story That's true, there, you're, But you're,
1: you're, you're, go for you're it. hinting at is mm-hmm. in the Americas, there was this dearth of labor because the Native Americans were wiped out.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Right? So you need to coerce people into work.
0: How am I going to get rich if I can't make other people do work for me?
1: Well, you, that's still how you get rich. Yes, labor is still the source of value, right? But in though it was, you couldn't, there, you couldn't hire people when there was like all that land, right? If you had a true free market here in America, mm-hmm. at, in its origins, right?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: People would have come and took land mm-hmm. because diseases wiped out the Native Americans, so they would. That's like what they dreamed of that's what they wanted right Mm -hmm. like these german immigrants who sold their farms in germany and came to america and bought land out in wisconsin or minnesota or given land generally given land with the homestead act later on right Mm -hmm. but that's not going to work if your system is based on we need to produce sugar we need to produce tobacco we need people to work these ships we you know Given the choice, do you want to work on a plantation or you want to be a homesteader? Right. Everyone's going to choose the homesteader. That was the case then. That, now, yeah. we don't we now we don't need as many people in the factories and in the plantations. That now we can so, have, yeah, UBI. You still have a UBI population you can exploit. But but yeah, we also need consumers on the other end. And that's why the the obesity epidemic is it's just part of it's just the uh, uh, the back end of, of production but we if if there was a situation where we were short on labor you, you can you can bet the government and the capitalists would be promoting like physical fitness a lot more well there is there is because it would need that working class but right now there's currently enough people to produce what's needed enough people willing to work in factories and plantations or I can know. still be coerced into
0: that. We're, we're, we have shortages in Canada, um, and we solve this by uh, relaxing immigration. Right? Yeah. And so you and bring then, in a an, an more easily exploitable working class. Yeah, exactly. And so, uh, looking, uh, there, there was an incident in uh, in this book in, in Belize. Uh, one of the things that got disbarred in tra- <laughs> trouble was yeah. um, some guy uh he got he got uh some black man got uh a piece of real estate that had previously had a uh some sort of factory on it or something and he, t- he tore it yeah. down and mm-hmm. like why did he tear it down? Well, probably because he just wanted to have it and <laughs> use it for his own thing, whatever that was, but it wasn't like he took this this uh factory and he he became a factor. He instead, it seems like I mean it's undercooked in the book. Well, but he ended not, slavery, right? Yes, the, yes. But it makes me think right. like um, when you go to uh, get a, some piece of real estate and you say, "What are you going to use this for?" the whole, The whole line in the states is, you know, this is unused land. Unused land is a sin. Therefore, we. But just going, uh, le- le- a lot of a lot of things in this book are about the. Jubilee and letting things lay fallow, um, yeah, which is not something people like to do. When I was a kid, I was upset that stores were closed on Sundays because that's I could get comics. We were in town only that day. That was your day off. How much? Exactly. How am I? How am I gonna? How am I gonna get some comics if the store is closed? Well, when I heard about Seven Eleven, when they're open seven days a week. 24 hours a day, I could get my comics anytime, <laughs> right? I'm never going to have to deal with this terrible problem. But think about it now, like, the fact that they even let one day where all the businesses were closed, like the mall was closed on a Sunday. Um, I'm not in favor of it particularly being a Sunday, but why not, like, four or five days of the week, wouldn't that be better? I think letting everything lie fallow would probably be really good for a lot of people.
1: Yeah. Well, the other thing like like we got the diggers, right? Cuz they they weren't they were taking land that was lying fallow and they're saying then that should be ours. Right. We can work that land. Um but all of yeah, New York's of it, commercial
0: like, districts are lying fallow right now. And nobody gets to have those,
1: right? Well, we already have too much commercial space, right? So that's why we have that all the malls going out of business. Mm-hmm. There was all that, like in the nineties and early two thousands, mm-hmm. there was this expansion to commercial space and now we have too much. So we are leaving land fallow. Malls are empty now.
0: Yeah. But it, there's no land reform so that some artists yeah, can move in there and we're not like, yeah, putter about making that. pots that nobody wants.
1: It'll become apartments. Yeah. Um, or something like that. Someday it'll be torn down. That happened in my hometown, Wassa. The mall was torn down, and I think the building apartments so
0: is small. But small. The town thing though, is, right?
1: they're good. They're not going to be affordable housing. No,
0: housing is not affordable.
1: The cost, build, the cost to build affordable housing and the cost to build luxury housing is essentially the same. It's mm-hmm. the same concrete, the same steel. the The furnishings are a little bit different, right?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Inside but you can sell it as luxury housing and make more money as mm-hmm. a developer. So what, why would a developer ever choose affordable housing They never subsidized do. by the state and to do so? Um, so that's that's what's going to happen to that space. It's just going to become part of gentrification.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Very interesting book. I'm not I'm go very... To the, the diggers need to do
1: that. Maybe that's what the the, dig, the, the 21st century diggers need to do mm-hmm. is reclaim that land.
0: It, we need we need that um i guess that was the plot of i i didn't watch the whole thing there was a hacker tv show it was something the, the group was called mr f, robot mr robot f society Fuck like society, Fuck society yeah. right um and the plan i think was like we're gonna get the records of who owns what and delete it all Right. yeah delete all the debt kind of thing delete all the debt but also delete uh you know yeah. the deeds um that would really f society and that would or, or no not society that would f the system and make make for a better society
1: Except, yeah agreed uh um, but, I, but i think one one big difference this there it described about here is that mm-hmm. there were quote-unquote kind of wild spaces the state hadn't yet conquered every square inch of land,
2: mm-hmm.
1: but it has essentially now. Even like mountain people and like Southeast Asia are being incorporated into states. Mm-hmm. So there's the alternatives are running out. But, like, I don't. It you needs don't have a geographical like a speech. religious revival to but
0: make don't have people a geographical change solution.
1: Things. Like for resistance, like right. you couldn't have the maroon communities anymore. There's not a place you can just go and opt out. You can try to be a homesteader, but you're essentially just a, a petty bourgeoisie at that point, right? <laughs> Maybe selling your jam or whatever. <laughs> yeah, it, it's good for you, yeah. but you do that. You must have had some money in the first place, right? You're probably yeah. pretty well off in the first place before you can do that. So, there's not those aren't really alternatives, but the other good thing i guess the good news is there's no geographical solution to capitalists crisis anymore
0: Uh, i'm not sure that that's
1: good for people though because the the, you can't just expand capitalism into a new market
0: i mean it kind of is like i i i I see what happens in games right or like or I, i i think about the streaming the streamers and all the people who want to be them a lot because you know it's it's really lame and stupid, but it's a new phenomenon. People, are, people are into it. So, yeah, there is. I think of it as like you're sharecropping for Jeff Bezos, right? If you're if you're a streamer, because yeah, he 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 sets the rules. Um, and they the, there's nudity rules there's this rules there's right, all sorts of crazy rules you're not allowed to say certain words or show certain things and then suddenly you know your your account is gone and no matter how many people tip you part of your tip goes to the to the system uh, so that is where like it, it infects people's brains so that they think yeah, they have to be a sharecropper for from their home right? But I
1: I think that desire is is significant because it's showing people do want to opt out of traditional employment. Absolutely,
0: but they they want they want that. That's hard. It's it's long hours editing video. Right, it's a lot less hours streaming, which is I think why a lot of people go for it. And also, who doesn't want to play video games all day and get paid for it? Me, for one. But I seem to be the only one. I uh, I'm like I like video games. But the number of times I'm playing a video game and somebody says, "Hey, I'm a streamer. Come watch my stream," I'm like, no thanks. I've watched streams; <laughs> they're not that interesting. And the idea that they they think that they're you know everybody can be a streamer and you know like it doesn't work, right? So this yeah, is it
2: doesn't
0: it, it but can't. It, it, but it works for Jeff Bezos. So this is a colonization of a virtuals. I mean, that maybe is what Meta was gonna supposed to be. Right. Yeah, but that's
1: been colonized. Been that's been colonized pretty quickly, Jesse. I think there's. I, I still think there's. Yeah, we can say there's the new new spiritual geographies, but it did not take long for capitalism to tame that frontier. Yeah, well, the internet, right? Yeah, yeah, and and yeah. Now all the all all you can really the optimism you can have is that this shows people want out. People and do. even if they if they can pretend if if it f- their day-to-day life might be better I mean if you can make a living streaming that's better than making a living at the in the coal mine it, it is but well, most... coal miners are paid pretty high these days but it's not It's better than we had 711 or Walmart
2: <laughs>
0: Yeah. and, and they they're, they're all looking for work right uh, if you go to those places or where I'm
1: working right I I would love to Make enough for my pathetic little podcast to not have to teach.
0: Yeah, I don't think that's going to happen because it's just not. It's not. Yeah, I realize
1: it's not going to happen.
0: It's not popular so, in the right. We're not covering the right things. And why? Why is it not? popular? But the homesteading thing is kind of attractive
1: to me. But I, I don't have a like. I'd be a horrible homesteader. So the best <laughs> I can hope for is to save enough money to like buy a, like a house on some land and, kind and then, of larp larp it. Uh,
0: Yes, I was. I, I was thinking. No, system. what you should do is you should import some immigrants and have them work the land for you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and well, then I mean, like take my Jefferson, get your philosophy. whip and and crack it above your head. Um, yeah, I I've, I've also been with that new Indiana Jones movie coming out. I've been always I've been thinking about why does Indiana Jones have a bull whip? Because <laughs> it Isn't doesn't like a popular culture meme or like it's just what. The swashbuckler has no. That, I, I've been looking at all these stories. They have swords, they have oh. guns, they don't have whips, and I I don't think that there is a sinister meaning behind it. It's just so weird, because it's not like uh, cattle rustlers is where he's yeah. coming from, right? It's a uh, it's described as a bull whip. It doesn't really make any sense, but but that that's the thing is like uh, we've got an 80 year old man being de-, de aged. Swinging, of course, you wouldn't think that an 80 Swing year old man temples. being de aged, so that the you know, and Lucas Lucas films is still putting up movies, even though Lucas they make is not it a involved. new Indiana
1: Jones movie.
0: Yes, there's a trailer Jeez. out for it. He is literally like 80. so they've made something. it, it's made, and he, they de age him so that he can still continue being an action hero <laughs> as well as being well, aged. here. It is the Dial of Destiny.
1: it yes. sounds like a video game, it does.
0: Uh, it's time travel, oh. apparently, so that he can be de-aged to have World War II action again. Um, <laughs> so, uh,
1: we are... Um, um, see, my idea for the Indiana Jones sequel that mm-hmm. no one's going to make, mm-hmm. maybe I should pitch it, mm-hmm. so anyone listening out there in Hollywood can, mm-hmm. can do is the sequel should be Willie. Uh, the girl? The girl from... The, so she can scream more? <laughs> the temple. Because you can recast her. It doesn't matter. Okay. You don't have to worry about de-aging or anything. It'll probably happen. No one happen.
0: cares. Yeah.
1: But, but wasn't she in a relationship or something with Steven Spielberg or someone? Yeah, or she, they're
0: remember. married. They were married. Oh, they're married.
1: So, But anyways, you, you, no one knows that actress, really. So no. you can recast it. Um, Just get a blonde lady. But set you know, set it in World War Two. Mm-hmm. In Shanghai. He comes back to Shanghai. Sure. And then now we got, we got short rounds aged up to a teenager. And they're in the, like, the anti-Japanese resistance. And then you got the gangsters, the Jap- the Chinese I'm, gangsters. I'm, I'm good you got with the that Japanese. You, you could even have some kind of artifact that the Chinese gangsters are trying to smuggle involved in some way. But the heart of it would be short round is in, like in the anti-Japanese underground in yep. Shanghai during the war. Sounds good. He would be about the right age for it. Mm-hmm. That's the sequel. Yep, I much think. better.
0: I'll take. Who it. Curious about Indiana Jones. We he's, he's done. We've done everything we can do with he's it. He's old. I, the best. The best thing Indiana Jones ever is the the TV show because it's so different. It's just a history yeah, lesson of the early twentieth century. It's really mm-hmm. really good, and you know covers all sorts of various places around the world, giving us insight into. Those weirdos who are doing those weird things, artists and uh, I don't know, humanitarians and mm-hmm. and uh yeah, the the main character Indiana Jones is the sort of the least interesting character in any <laughs> of them. He's just yeah. sta- standing there saying,
2: "Why do you do that?"
0: <laughs> and then uh, th- this one time, I was a spy in Russia, and then we oh, see yeah, the Russian that, Revolution. It was so good. So so, such great introductory material, and yeah, nobody knows about it. And the the DVDs had great um, like documentaries for every episode too, so you learn about all sorts of cool things and artist movements, and I, I really love that show. Um, so yeah, we should do another book of this. Uh, it was this is a big you long see, one.
1: So I, w- I was thinking this when I was reading it because. Uh-huh. My favorite chapter probably used to be like uh, the Blackie Moore and the Putney debates, mm-hmm. some of the early stuff. Um, but now the Outcast Nation of the Earth, my favorite chapter by far with uh, the 1741 uprising. Mm-hmm. If I would like recommend one chapter of this book, I think I'd recommend that one now. But but you seem to like the
0: dispar the dispar Oh, sushi, I just think the I, I think it that was, you dig the most. yeah, because it's 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 a, a counterexample to the everybody sells out and oh yeah. Uh, yeah you know you it's the it's the one where of course if you want to be in that position like they just assigned him <laughs> you know say, go take care of this, right And mm-hmm. he's like, okay. Uh, I've been radicalized. You didn't know that, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I'm going to do it my way. And then, of course, things don't work out uh, eventually mm-hmm. for him. But um, he did pretty good until it didn't work out. And that counterexample is what we need more of because he's a hero. And
1: yeah, I guess his I wife, too. He- he might be the best because example of that because most of these people are well. I guess the other would be Rainborough, right? Who
2: uh, which the Putney one is debate? That?
0: Okay,
1: he's the he's the advocate for the soldiers in the Putney debate, mm-hmm. the Republican mm-hmm. response, and he he was from the aristocratic class.
0: Yeah, the, the, the,
1: but he sides with the with the workers against the state, against the capitalist state.
0: So, like, the, In the funny we we talk about uh, JFK a lot because <laughs> you know, oh, he, I, I'm saying like he was going against it, that's why they killed him. Um, so I I think we should do that sixty hour, forty hour book uh, on that definitively shows that you know he was murdered by the state, um, probably the Dulles brothers. Um, but uh, what about Caesar? Right, Caesar's uh, you know horrible guy. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> um, You know, but uh, if you think of it as like, um, he is not just out, you know, he's not just vain and, and out for himself. He, his power comes from the loyalty of his people making slaves and getting rich. Um, but the reason he's murdered, it's, you know, it's in the play, uh, mm-hmm. but it's not focused on in the play um, is because he threatens the establishment order as it is, it's like a. It, all yeah. all the people who stab him are his college buddies, basically, right? All the ones who stayed at home when he went off and did the work of empire. He comes back and says, "You know what? Things are going to change around here." And they're, no, they're not. <laughs> and they all stab him.
1: I don't know if that's just in the movie. I think that's pretty.
0: No, that's the reality. Uh, it's that's it's just, in yeah, the play the as well,
1: right? The. The um, uh, I don't know. You have to talk to Paul about who, what book to, book to read to get that history mm. of, uh, of that. It'd be interesting to see his point of view. I I really regret Paul not being here because I think this book would. Um,
0: I wanted to see if it, it been a nice meal him.
1: for him uh,
0: because I I think I'm pretty radical. I don't think Paul's radical. I think he's 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 go along to get along. I think he's he's. On, on a team and saying we, my team's not the best, but the other team is so bad that we can't we have to stay sol- we have to keep solidarity with our team. I'm like, yeah. I think the the many-headedness, uh, which is uh, it's not overemphasized in the book, but the idea of it being democracy, right Like lots of people yeah. having options and getting a say. Rather than one guy saying "We're in a democracy and then cracking down on everybody else, and then a bunch of cops backing up that guy because he has the he can cut checks mm-hmm. so yeah i i don't I don't know what I don't know what he would say about this because I think it it might be how how young do you have to be to be radicalized
1: Well, I was radicalized in college.
0: So, so I'm 20s. a case
1: study, and why why we shouldn't send kids to college, or we need to send kids to Liberty University.
0: What is Liberty University? Isn't that
1: Farwell, Farwell uh, Jerry Farwell's
0: oh, I, University? Trump She's University, like a
1: Christian, <laughs> or, or Trump University, a place like that? Yeah. Um, I don't, I don't know. I but, loved the university, but it was a hit, it really it was history that did it. Mm-hmm. I don't want to. I won't say it's college. It was reading history. Yes. And it was before I read this, that, but I think what still, what was so good about this book for me is it got me away from like theory, like reading Marx and anarchist theories and, and those kinds of books and philosophy, I guess. I've come back to philosophy recently, but,
0: but this good.
1: is the one I said that really social history is, is the way you need to tell these stories.
0: It, it comes down to rationalism versus empiricism if you look at the if you look yeah. at what actually is going on what people actually had to say and then you say hmm that doesn't seem to line up with the theory you can yeah. you kind of like have to be circumspect about a lot of things that's why you know I'm never joining a political party because once you did yeah, I, I wasted up a lot the of time. team
1: I wasted a lot of time like folks on religion I be, you know when I became an atheist, I was kind of hostile to religion. and hmm. I wasted a lot of time caring about that. Now I'm really sympathetic to religion.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, n- I never became an Not atheist. Actually, I always the best was place one.
1: To be, is to be an atheist who is sympathetic religion? Yeah, who's sympathetic say, to these that's stories? kind of And I think these authors definitely see religion as
0: well. That's as uh, an important so interesting report, right? in the in the black experience of of having you know being mostly illiterate but having a great sense of what's going on in the text through yeah. music
1: and through music and and just like in the british experience too of of how if you were countercultural if you were a anti-monarchy you were like a Methodists or Baptists, you are the mm-hmm. dissenting churches, mm-hmm. and now they're like seeing, in my country. They're they're like the right wing churches. The the they they back the establishment. So there's a history about how that happened. We could get into, but at the time in the context,
0: it was radical. Uh, and, dude, and I, yeah. you don't have to be religious to back. The, well, I guess you have to be religious, but like. I don't think most well, Democrats that time, you, are. Everyone was saying they're right? religious, right? It's, everyone was. I think. They, in I think states. so. I think everybody like, is, is religious church? today, but not in a religion. But in England, they have faith by
1: not following the Church of England. Yes, that itself was a radical act, right? Yes. The Puritans bailed. Yes, well, some of them, anyways. The the ones who came to America bailed on the Church of England entirely. But then you had the a lot of people who just went along with the church of england and were internally puritan and they they were fine with that but then they were like those people said no we're starting a new church Mm -hmm. we're starting our own church and and so when you think about like a space of resistance the baptists became that which is why they got labeled as one of the heads of the hydra
2: Mm -hmm.
1: right along with the witches they're doing reforms they were in the same paragraph with the witches, right? Mm-hmm. It's that's in the blackie Moore named Francis chapter. It's like, it was, it was blackie Moors and Anabaptists and witches and pirates, whatever the list was. Do you remember? Mm-hmm. It's, you know, and that's the, I guess it, 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 builds community, right? This is something that I think Matt Christman, the, the chapel brothers guy, chapel chapel house chapel house chapel trap house guys mm-hmm. he's he emphasized a lot like we need actual social experiences we need community again mm-hmm. that's why he's kind of sympathetic to religion too it seems it's it's that was a space in which people just got together and interacted as human beings
2: mm-hmm.
1: and that allowed it to be a space for radical transformations and and different alternatives I and think we, that, we, where are those spaces now I I, I think it's like the reason I kind of not on Twitter as much anymore is it's not Elon Musk. (laughs) It's, it's just, I, I'm kind of getting to that same place that I think Chrysler is at where it's like, we need something else. I don't know how to build it being an expat in the country or whatever, Mm -hmm. but it's not doing it for me. You
0: have to find a big LARPing community that you're cool with. Well, we don't want a LARP either.
1: I mean, it's, we, we want something real. But maybe the best we can hope for now is, like, actual human experiences. I think that's what he's been saying lately in his vlogs. They're so long. They're long, but they're useful. Because he's usually – there's never, like, a dull moment in them. I think they're worth listening to, but – It's just time. He keeps coming back to this theme of, like, maybe the best we can hope for now in this historical context is – at least it's the foundation. Before we can start talking about radical movements, we need to actually have a community. You have to be able to sit down and talk with people in one-on-one in a real way. Mm-hmm. And not be all like... And, and we have to come over our collective social anxiety. Sounds right. I, I mean, the historical model for this is the the progressive era, where you had people transitioning from the rule, where you had some kind of lived community, where people had to interact, you know on kind of these traditional cultures, whatever they were. And then they move to cities. They either immigrate from from Europe or they come from the south. You know, like they're former slaves from the south going into urban areas. Or they're just like farmers who get jobs in the in the cities, whatever. They're moving to cities. Mm-hmm. And then they created new institutions. So like when my grandpa, yeah, he would be part of like the Lions Club. Mm-hmm clubs, and I was in Boy Scouts. I mean, even as late as me, there was Boy Scouts and there was church. Mm-hmm. There was something you did. Um, but that was actually a real community.
0: Yeah, I, communities and can be oppressive, we, though, too. And that's that's where my my animus against yeah, religion I would, I would, is that it was used as a cudgel
1: to control. Okay, that's true, but this is like something Murray Bookchin says, like like... If you think of freedom as like a tree, you need to have the soil. What we have now is not a soil for any true liberty. Like that's that's why the best you can do is become a a, a, a streamer. <laughs> You've already established that's not freedom. That's not no, liberty. No, it's not. So these people we read about in this book, they found freedom in in some kind of community. And just sitting down and talking to each other and saying,
0: yeah, fuck this shit. We're going to burn down New York or Uh, whatever. Amen. Uh, One of the crazy things about the streamers as opposed to like YouTubers or podcasters, but even YouTubers is is a similar problem. So, you know, I've been my website's been having some problems lately and uh, we are solving those problems. I'm getting some help from some rando who seems, you know, I, I knew him. But I'm like I didn't know him that well, but like he's just being very helpful and uh, and I, I guess we're making community or whatever but yeah. but basically because I'm my problems are caused by um, not by big tech right they're not caused by Apple or YouTube or Amazon twitch right mm-hmm. streamers create content, which is what they call it, not art, not episodes, they create content that goes out might be archived and then is never looked at again YouTubers put up content that goes out generally gets buried and forgotten, and one of the things I've been doing, going through all 1,000 episodes of the podcasts I've done, is I look at old posts like I'm looking at them to fix them some little issue and I see like oh there's YouTube links and anything from 10 years ago about 75% of the videos are gone either made private or deleted or the account Mm. has been deleted streamers are you know generally what they do is they play a game uh, for a few hours and then they put that stream up live and then somebody clicks on it presumably a kid uh, gives them some money And make some very sad and boring comments, like you would see sort of at the cafeteria table in school. Um, And then that content's gone. So it's like, it's like, it's almost like turning the performance art, like of a play, into like you can give tips to the actors while they're playing (laughs) the the play and the place fucking sucks because nobody wrote it nobody's improving uh, I mean they're improving their gameplay presumably as they get better but everybody wants to be a a play in their own play that they're writing and they're all terrible and there's a tiny percentage some weird extraordinary weirdos who are very good at you know clicking uh, who do well and usually their personality is pretty minimal (laughs) so it's like this is not. This is not something to like. If you say this is the uh, the only place we can go, it's like the worst sort of outcome uh, imaginable. It is much preferable to go LARP uh, in the countryside, making your jam or cottage coring yeah. or whatever, because at least there you get to have some fresh air. Sitting all day, I don't. I play my game standing up. <laughs> the reason I play standing up is because I already sit too much. Uh, you know, in front of a computer podcasting or teaching or whatever. It's horrible. It's like a, <laughs> it's a new dystopia. And it, it it's not like um, there is, you know, Elon Musk buying Twitter is not uh, Elon Musk buying Twitter for everybody and making it open source, right? Yeah. Which is what we need to have a, a true free uh Public engagement. But no, he just bans different people.
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: And he, he, some people love him in the same way that people love Trump because he, he has the right enemies and he, he's a lol cow or whatever, right? A term I learned recently. Mm-hmm. So uh, I, I say we should read some more uh, Redeker and maybe the other Linebaugh guy. Fearless yeah, Benjamin. Yeah, I think Better.
1: I no. I don't know. I Redeker is.
0: Uh, maybe there's not more Lineball Available.
1: Redeker's a little more, I think, straight when he writes. I think like Lineball wrote that that book on the Magna Carta manifesto,
2: mm-hmm.
1: like about the Commons and stuff, and that's like wild. Like as far as like history books can get wild, that one gets pretty wild. And like leaps, and that's I appreciate that about him. He's he's kind of braver.
0: The only and, thing else by him is uh, the rights of man and common sense revolutionary series. Peter oh yeah, that presents. Book. So I don't mm. know if that's a book by him,
1: that's probably just the introduction
0: to no, him, it's 14 hours. So, well, the rights of man is probably 14 it's hours. Thomas Paine with Peter Linebaugh probably is the introduction, yeah, yeah. So,
1: maybe there's no more audios to, to, to it's, do. It's a big problem. But there's other people. There's other. All right. I don't I'll, know. All except others. There. It's good. Um, I mean, if you, if, you re- if you know this book, I mean, the other stuff is like just commentary on these themes, I think. Okay.
0: Well, it was a very good revolutionary book. I'm glad we did it. I, I think that uh, Pirates book about. is uh, very insightful. Very, um, and I I agree. um, It seems to have heavily influenced your insights into Lovecraft. Though one of the one of the really important things I think is when we look at something old, there's a whole lot of things that we don't know that they knew that are Mm -hmm. obvious to them and not obvious to us. And so this is you know when I'm reading Shakespeare with students, I'm like I'm I'm so happy that teachers don't know. The contents of these stories because they're really funny and rude and and I I, I always ask them does your teacher t- talk about how this is a sex metaphor and they're mm-hmm. like no no <laughs> like he's he's they're talking about penises going into asses and stuff like that or asses asses being stared at by and you know like and how how horny everybody is and. These things, I'm like, that's really funny, and this is these are all fart jokes, and and uh, wow, the Tempest is so rich, um, is made richer by this, but also Shakespeare, bad bad man, but also good man, mm. because he wrote some good stuff, but bad man for holding stock in,
1: <laughs> yeah, there were two. these guys weren't fans of, of Shakespeare, I think, except that he seems. St- He's like it's like the critique you have of Stephen King. He knows the problem, but yes, doesn't he? Can't quite take that last step.
0: Yes, he 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 has he, he likes having it every way, right? Does mm-hmm. Shakespeare and uh, I? I was actually um, I was tweeting a little bit about the scene in it was insp- inspired by this book, this that uh, last um, Richard Bachman book we did. What was it called? Mm-hmm. Blaze. Yeah, Blaze. Um, where they go to the farm, and uh, Blaze is <laughs> um, uh, having sex with some lady that the other kids paid for him to have sex with her, um, and uh, just the idea of that farmer being uh, like, "I'm going to do my best to help you, um, but you're, you're going to do a lot of work, and I'm going to make more money." Like it was very, um, it was, it was what. What Stephen King thinks the way it should be, right, rather than the way it is, yeah. Which is like, big evil corporation comes and crushes that farmer for not crushing the people more, and mm. then he ends up out of work, working at a hotline in, in some boiler room, calling people up and trying to sell them insurance because because he didn't do it right, and. And so there are these weird streamers like, like Stephen King who have some weird about, uh, ability to click keyboards and make people watch and give him money. And he thinks everybody can be like me if they just do my dollar baby program. When, in fact, what we should all do is like, try and buy a lot less shit so we need less money so that we can enjoy our lives as much as we can without doing as much work as we, we have to to get the things we need because why do uh, this is where i was I was gonna mention this earlier is um games are full of virtual goods that are scarce, artificially scarce now, right like the the game I play used to be seventy dollars now it's free, and pretty much it seems like all new games are free, and the way the game gets monetized is people buy something called battle passes or something where it's for six weeks you can earn points and combine that with the money you paid to get skins that you can then put on your character and your guns and your cars and all the things that you live in this virtual world. And then if you don't like them, you can sell them on the virtual market that is controlled by the corporation Mm -hmm. or the steam market where everything costs either $10,000 $10,000 or one cent and nobody buys it at one cent it's like um, it, it, there are places for capitalism to go and these are the places they are going so it may be the case that meta is going to work out in the end even though nobody really wants to put on virtual glasses and <laughs> I mean, um, it, it, it seems like a horrible place but maybe that's where people will be driven I seen? don't know they're already consuming the public space
1: like the the public sector I don't know the internet how far it can go cuz at the end of the day you, you for most things you still need production like Amazon still rests on producing things well I'm not, not sure how much of the economy, how much of the world economy is buying skins
0: a lot a lot more than it used public. to be ebooks are essentially skins audiobooks are essentially yeah. skins right those products are free but people don't mm-hmm. people buy them and they take cash that is coming from their income which sometimes is derived from yeah. labor but oftentimes is derived from wealth generated by investments which is other people's labor and then they yeah. give that to so like there, there are places it is going have you seen this uh, new William Gibson TV show because he's a he's a shit lib as I well heard about it. yeah. it's a pretty good show um, I didn't read the book even though somebody gave it to me I think at some point because I, I stopped reading his books but um, it it's uh, the premise is time travel via VR basically um, and one of the things that happens it's set a little bit in the future one of the things that happens is it's like more more and more people are spending more and more time virtually disabled people are spending time virtually uh in real bodies uh that are drones essentially right that Mm -hmm. give force feedback or whatever brain tap what doesn't really matter um but a lot more people are spending more time doing this so it, it does have a place to expand to we also have the possibility of more people just saying, fuck it, let's go live in the real world. Um, but I don't see that happening as much. But maybe we wouldn't see it because you, you'd have to go knock on doors and say, do you answer the phone? And they say, I don't have a phone. So we may not see it until it you know, rears its head in a certain way i'm i'm down with this book it was very very solid it's a great book big big chunky 16 and a half hours but what worth it
1: except the guy read too slow it probably could have been 14 hours he
0: wasn't he wasn't the greatest narrator a little off in the pronunciation here or there it was a little slow mm-hmm. i i had it turned up to 1.3 or 4 times speed for most yeah, of yeah that
1: would help yeah I, I did it mostly in the office. I couldn't get whatever was playing it in my office. I couldn't speed it up.
2: Mm.
1: Or I'm just too dumb, too much of a boomer to figure out how to do that. <laughs> well,
0: what app are you using?
1: What just whatever generic app is on my work computer.
0: Ah. I, uh,
1: I, it's I okay. It I'm I'm come to terms with my boomerness.
0: I I don't think you can call yourself a boomer. You're younger than me, right? I'm fifty. How old are you?
1: I'm 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 out of touch.
0: Yeah, but it's that's not on. boomer.
1: I read books like the Many Headed Hydra man.
0: Uh, that makes you out of. Touch I read books because you read books. Yeah. I if, as long as the books aren't um, uh, y a for adults, <laughs> which is is what they talk about on that right good show. And I started reading. Uh, I think it was it would be a hilarious read. Uh, for us, but it's not worth the time. I started reading a YA book with a student, um, and it was it was basically a retelling of a Jane Austen, which a lot of these things are. It's Jane Austen, uh, but late 19th century, and the girl lives in a castle, and they have servants, and she's so hard done by it. sort of re- re- mashing up Cinderella. Um, And it's, like, so not interested in class consciousness at all. Mm -hmm. Um, But she's nice because she's nice to the servants. (laughs) As opposed to the other people who are mean to the servants. And what's so funny is, is, like, this is, you can't write this book today. That's, like, so old-fashioned, like, unconscious of, like, it's just Jane Austen plus Cinderella as a YA. So slightly lower vocab um but it's what this YA stuff seems to be and it's written for adults who never you know graduated to uh wanting to read something that challenged them it's crazy and so yeah we don't need to read if it's just going to be bad stuff but i it's I, it's like that movie is so te- technically well done, you know. Like very, they <laughs> like hired very good cinematographers and they hired good actors. And then they, the script. I was, I, I was reading the, uh, like reading the subtitles as I'm watching this movie, and I'm like, oh my god, that's the actual dialogue. Like, you know, listen to this. If this is about my soul, take it. I don't want it without you. It's like okay. <laughs> she says later on maybe I'm crazy now I guess that's okay <laughs> and then a lot of over like a lot of the things in the movie are things I really like like um, over voiceover narration I really like that in movies um, something they don't do much um, this is late in the movie Alice is it possible that everything is true the fairy tales and horror stories is it possible that there isn't anything sane and normal at all and this is like, she's writing a letter to a vampire. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, and then um, they she gets on an airplane to go to, apparently, Italy for some reason. And the airplane is product placement. <laughs> but it's like spot on. It's Virgin Airlines. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> and then the final scene in the movie is uh, Edward says, I have one condition. And what's that? She says, marry me, Bella. And then the last line of the movie is, Abella's is, is gasp. <laughs> she doesn't, she doesn't say gasp. She just gasps. And then the credits roll. I'm like, <laughs> this is so cute. I can't, I really like it. Even though it's terrible. Because it's so spot on. But it's, mm-hmm. it's, it is that, um. forget about, forget about the fact that, you know, we're living in this, Hells, uh, hellscape of dystopia where everybody's getting poisoned. <laughs> Forget about that. I gotta worry about the important things like my which vampire or werewolf to choose as my boyfriend, so he can propose to me because I can never propose to them. Oh my god, it's so funny. It, it, because it's like it's huge, high end. It's anything that's like a mass phenomena. I think it, it's important for us to understand it a little bit. Not not gonna watch the world. Just saying that I'm not gonna watch the World Cup. Sorry. Wow, why would you do that? It's, it's a horrible sport.
1: Everybody's doing it's just it. People going back and forth. Well, I I, I remember I posted this on Slack. Mm-hmm. Like because the, there was all this money changing. Going Slack on Slack is Europe. your Twitter. And they were so I I, I talked about my anamnesia because I remember. I forgot it for a while, but I remember all, like, this, the, the stuff about when Qatar got the World Cup about, like, using slaves and stuff, right? Mm-hmm.
0: To build the stadiums. From, from
1: They To build them. Mm-hmm. And then, like, I was like, there was some news about, like, they're not allowing beer, and that was a big thing. And I'm like, wasn't there something else about this country? And then I remembered, yeah, there was, like, they were using slaves or something, like, human <laughs> trafficking to build the... Uh, <laughs> Yep. Things, but but yeah, you know, I think there's still some reporting about that. But it's it doesn't matter. No one that cares, much, though. That's right. It's because, just it's for death my te- They're
0: built. My team is built. That my the
1: crimes are done.
0: That's right. Just like
1: America, the the, the crimes were
0: reparations, reparations. <laughs> 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 Sad
1: story. Wow. But even even all that aside. Like soccer is just not fun. Uh, it's look back it's, and forth. It's like, very. You're not gonna. You're not gonna convince me any like. But I'll put other sports in the same category: basketball, volleyball. Um, what's that other one? Back and forth, tennis. Yeah. Anything that's just people going back and forth. I. I have better ways to spend my life. Baseball is much more dynamic.
0: Because there's a lot more things no, with you.
1: in a baseball. Game. Well,
0: what do but you think about cricket? Most of the <laughs> cricket, I,
1: I'm open-minded because I never really, yeah. I don't have, Nobody I don't knows have how it works judgment yeah. on cricket. Yeah. But, and, and football, there's like, you can tell there's like strategy. I don't really understand it all. Like American football. There's mm-hmm. like strategy and the plays look different. Mm-hmm. It's not like soccer where everything just looks the same. Maybe there's people who can appreciate that. I don't know. My dad likes a, basketball. I think a lot
0: of people like running, uh, running around. Like they chasing. see it in
1: a way I don't.
0: They see it in a way I don't. It's
1: yeah, very like, simple. I like to run, but I'm not. not going to. It's want very runners.
0: simple. Uh, honestly, I can't. I can't explain. It, I can't explain the appeal because it is basketball. There's a little bit of skill in the shooting of the of the ball, uh, and there's you know moving around, but yeah. it's not that interesting you yeah. know. Look, here's the way I think about it. Games are fun to play. They're not fun to watch. There are reasons to watch uh some sports occasionally, but usually it's cuz your kid is involved. <laughs> and you're being there in solidarity with your kid for some reason. But no, I'm not I I don't find them uh, what about racing? What think, about car I, racing or motorboat yeah, racing? Yeah, car racing.
1: Yeah, no, not for me. Uh, especially the ones just in the repetitive. oval. Yeah. I mean, in a way, that, like, I can imagine gladiators would be more interesting to watch. Wow. Maybe of that's course. Like boxing, MMA. Yes. like You don't know what's going to sure. happen. Anything yes. could happen, yes. right? Yes. yes. Yeah. But baseball, I blood. think the fact that it doesn't have the clock. And there's kind of these moments of great tension. All
2: and right. it's, it's not
1: this, it's not this, it's not a, like a repeat. It's just back and, it's not just back and forth. Agreed. Put the ball in the goal.
0: It's, it, it makes like oh, better like we'll movies. Just, we'll, we'll
1: make the ball smaller and we'll go back and forth and try to put the, that's basketball.
0: You can make good or, baseball movies. They have been made. Major League's a good movie.
1: Yeah, baseball
0: like um, I can't think of any good. The natural—that's a good movie. Uh, although that's not mostly about playing baseball. I think it's been a long time yeah. since I've seen it. Well, League of Her Own, The Sandlot, yeah, and that that, Star Trek the one episode. Sam Raimi
1: did—the Sam Raimi one. Which one is that? What's the one with Kevin Costner pitching oh. his last game, which yeah. is a perfect game? Yeah, for the love of the game—that's that's, right. that's a good movie.
0: Field of Dreams. <laughs> that's mm-hmm. another Kevin Costner baseball movie. Yeah. Yeah. I no, I I think it it's more. It's it's it has more charm. Yeah, and uh, I like the expression of it. Pastime.
1: Yeah, it's it's a game of leisure. You come in, you don't know how long you're going to be there. It's, mm-hmm. There's no clock, so hockey, it's like
0: hockey is is a game I was forced exposed to living in northern British Columbia. All the kids played hockey. Everybody had hockey cards. Everybody had hockey things on their you know like table hockey, you learn to skate because you live on a lake and it's frozen the winter, right? Okay. Everybody has to do it. I think that that's the explanation for why soccer is so big, especially in poverty stricken planets around the world, uh, around the universe, right? Is All you need is two kids and a head, right? A cabbage to kick around. Something that can be kicked and Running around tires you out, and then because of that, all the girls who learn soccer, all the boys who learn soccer, they have some sort of vague interest in that game they used to play, right? Mm-hmm. And that's what the universal appeal is. I don't think that the elites care about it that much. I think it is a very bottom up thing, and that the elites care about it as a prestige thing, right? Like, I can shake hands with this team and that gives me gravitas i get to hold this event like the same with the olympics right it's 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 a uh, i am this powerful i can pull this off um i can give my friends money this way by giving these contracts that way so i don't i don't i think that's the appeal is that it's it's Mm. just a it's a poor kids sport but yeah. I, I don't, I, follow, I I don't follow it more. I mean, when I was in the UK, they, they are crazy for soccer. And I don't understand the appeal. It is just people running around and kicking and running. More running, a lot less. I mean, the the scores aren't even very high, right, in soccer? I, no. I, like three, th- you know, you, it's not like Didn't basketball. Didn't the game just end? I think the World I, Cup just ended. I don't pay attention. Someone posted
1: on Slack. Mm-hmm. Uh, you would appreciate this though, because I'm not the only annoying person on Slack. Um, <laughs> but they they used to so there was this friendly chat, chat group which is supposed to be like non work related
2: mm-hmm.
1: stuff, right? Then there was like the help desk which was supposed to be there's an issue with the student or whatever, right? But that kind of blew up into just for people like talking about all sorts of stuff, okay. Complain about things, right? Mm-hmm. So the the administration. Rename that to Urgent Student Issues and redefined it. The purpose of this channel is to inform us of missing students, conflict students, being sent by IPD. If you have a non-urgent question, DM the appropriate person. <laughs> so this seems to want to push you to the friendly chat to do your ranting about how shitty the school <laughs> is, right? No. But that's been reinforced. Friendly and non-work related things is now the rule. Mm. So they'll de- this allows them to then delete Messages that don't qualify.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So if you have any other issues, just was a DM people, which isn't as fun as,
0: as <laughs> <laughs> shit posting. <laughs> shit posting on Slack. Yeah. Uh, there's a there's a, one of those um, online university things that science fiction people do. It's not Corey Olson, but it's like I think it's somebody I vaguely know uh, who does Tolkien ones. And yeah. whenever they announce it on Twitter, it's like a friendly and relaxed. Um, calm <laughs> peaceable <laughs> don't get you don't bring your your jrr tolkien hate to this but um yeah. in this book we had a little bit about orcs
2: <laughs> yeah
0: and I was thinking is this work because orc is not really a um it's it is I think a tolkien creation goblins are not yeah. um I, yeah. I, I i'm pretty like he didn't even invent the word hobbit but I believe he's. I guess he's not inventing the word orc either. It's spelled the same, right? O R C. Yeah. Pretty sure. Um, it might be. Um, and the thing is, is that is a like that's a more subversive reading of Tolkien than you know the the poor one, which is calling them black
1: people, right? Oh, that's I gotta tell you, that's the interesting thing about the Rings of Power. It's yeah. not in the first episode, but by the end, you do get like there are major characters that are, like, orcs. Yeah. And, and one, like, the villain is trying to, like... He's... It's about, like... The, the first season's about the creation of Mordor, essentially, right? Okay. But it's to create a homeland for the orcs, who have okay. been, like, rootless. It's like an orc nationalist. Ah. Subplot. And they do make an effort of trying to... And it's not just orcs are or black people. It's actually these are people and Gladriel is like just a fucking racist in this sense. Like she's saying like, Oh, you all have to die because of who your parents were. Yeah. And she's like, never apologizes for that. And like the creators clearly are trying to make Gladriel kind of being a horrible
0: racist. Really? <laughs> yeah. Wow. I bet that I, I bet they don't but, think that they're doing that. I think that that's your analysis no, of what I they're actually it's doing. Pretty overt.
1: Really. It was an episode where she's sitting down with the guy and the guy's just like we lost the war. This is like the Morgoth, right? They, we lost the war. We just need our place. We're sick of being fucking refugees and homeless. And she's like, "No, you all have to die." <laughs> <laughs>
0: So well, I, she's she's like a beloved character from the from the books, right? So they're I don't know. They're either, either I don't they know. don't care to to
1: watch it, or they're trolling
0: there. or they're trolling on purpose to or or it's just you know, I don't know. I don't really care that much. I think they're doing it on purpose.
1: They're they're trying to correct that long standing criticism of Tolkien as being like it's 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 white people who look like humans that yeah.
0: There was um a piece basically know. all the good guys are white people, that's what I mean to say.
1: All the good guys are white people and the bad guys are of various colors.
0: Do you do you um know who Richard Morgan or Richard K. Morgan is?
2: Uh not
0: really. Okay. So he wrote the Altered Carbon series, uh he was like a really he wrote a really good book. Um and mm-hmm. Altered Carbon's not a really good book, it's okay. Um it's it's good but the problem is it turns into a series and blah 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 so uh years ago he wrote an essay about Tolkien's uh there's a scene where in Lord of the Rings where two orcs are talking to each other um there's also like yeah, a I know scene, that scene yeah there's also a scene where it's like some fox takes note of something and it's like just mm-hmm. a few little scenes here and there that are interesting um other than you know great, great big books um uh, and I mean great as in excellent. Uh, <laughs> the the Sid, So he takes that scene, he says, um, I'm going to write a, so basically he wrote an essay sort of attacking Tolkien in a very narrow way um, about his orcs and saying, I'm going to write a uh, fantasy series um, that is going to have a gay protagonist who's going to have gay sex. Um, and he's going to be considered a bad guy, and there's going to be other gay characters, and I'm going to make it like noir, dark. And um, I read the first book. And I was like, mm-hmm. what's it called? Uh, Steel remains.
2: Steel remains. Okay. Yeah,
0: that's. Yeah. I don't know if that's a series title or just the first book's title. I, I I never read past the first of that series. Mm-hmm. Um, but he has really he has really good books. Um, one of them is. It's his least popular. It's a non-series, I guess, is why. Um, it's called Market Forces, and it's it's kind of like um, it's it's a combination of Mad Max and uh, Wall Street. So there, it's set in London, and there's these guys in the future who do conflict investments. So basically, they they back coups in other countries and then take shares of this the the um if they win, they get a certain percentage of the oil rights or mineral rights. Um, that's what they do by day, but by night, on the drive home from work, they do Mad Max machine gunning each other, car wars sort of things. It's kind of a weird idea for a book, uh, but very interesting satire sort of thing. And, um, and he comes from a weird uh, he was a, t- uh, a tutor, I think, in and he's english or scottish and he's he was a tutor in turkey i think esl mm. uh tutor and then um he got into writing and he got a big advance on uh, something and then basically had some kid and fucked off and never, never wrote anything after after a certain amount of time um but he he has a few books that are quite solid like um this one called black man which is also called I think thirteen in the United States because black people are not allowed to be in book titles apparently mm-hmm. um, anyways uh it's it's like future advanced tech you know guy makes him superhuman sort of thing but trying to take down uh, big evil and that he he has sort of a bottom up approach to um to these science fiction and fantasy critiques they're they're not amazing as a... You know, pieces of writing, but the ideas are tend to be pretty good, and uh, so I just I was thinking of that Tolkien article. I I can't seem to find it. I don't. Oh, maybe it is here. Yeah. It's just maybe maybe it's it's yeah it's been deleted by the internet oh. because it's so old, right? Um, hmm. It's now a website. There used to be a website called Svudu, and now it goes to wealthygenius.com, dot com, which is just a whole bunch of ads. So that was from two thousand nine. I can't find the original. It's probably archived somewhere. But, um, yeah, that scene in, Tol- in Tolkien is one of the w- weird ones because we actually see it from the orcs' point of view. And it isn't – I think it's set in Mordor rather than – there's a, another one where – Yeah,
1: I think that's – isn't that when they're – He
0: it, He's after- overhearing. He's overhearing two orcs talking about what's going on in the – yeah, the on the Sam. Front yeah, them, Sam. Right? Exactly. And we, we have similar conversations with orcs when they're kidnapping Pippin and uh, yeah. whatever, Mary. But um, those ones are more disciplined. Like this orc's mad at those under orcs for not doing something and the master's going to be mad and whatever. But but this other one is like two guards standing around like, what do you think's going on over there? I don't know. Our lot is misery or something like that. Yeah. Um. So uh, w- yeah, what uh, I I knew William Blake was a weirdo, but now this book explains why he's so weird because he's like has a strong um uh strong feelings.
1: Yeah, I, I I kind of was thinking about this when I was rereading it. I was like, how did this Jerusalem become like the the national anthem of Britain mm-hmm. of England? I mean, I mean to say, and it's like. Really critical of everything England is doing.
0: I mean, his art is undeniably powerful, but usually that doesn't stop people from denying things.
1: Yeah, because I, I went and and because they made it a hymn, right? They made yeah. Jerusalem a hymn, mm-hmm. and if you look at like the comments, they're all like, "Oh, this should be the national anthem of of, of England or something."
0: It's it's kind
1: of and it's I mean, kind of wild. It's like. Like His, what would be the equivalent of the United States like some Phil Oaks song or something yeah. the National Anthem of America
0: mm-hmm. I mean yeah, a Europe supported by Africa and America engraving by William Blake he, that's a great picture, I love that is. picture I, I use agree. it a
1: lot in my classes
0: well, it's got three naked ladies why wouldn't you
1: well, yeah
0: but, uh, ladies of all they're nations all, they're all nice looking ladies what they can are. I say they are, yeah, of all nations, it's aspirational. Holding hands and yeah. Um, so uh, when I read, I've read the Tiger many times with students because it's 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 almost impenetrable. Like to know exactly what he yeah. means. Um, we did a show on it for reading short and deep. I think I did pretty good, even though I hadn't. Uh, you mm-hmm. know, it's it's I, it's. I think the final lines of this book maybe. Pretty close to being, if not actually. Um, but uh, he's he's hard to understand, and I wonder if he was hard to understand then. Yeah, and he's also has some whimsy in him too, um, if not power. But you know, like in his art, not just not just power. He has some whimsy in his art as well.
1: Yeah, this last line, uh, where is it? This is where he gets to the Pacific. They would get to the Pacific. He would not have gazed at the sky to see – he would have gazed at the sky and see the southern constellation of the star known as the Hydra, the ancient Mm -hmm. sign of navigators, preceding even this agrarian signals of the Nile for the wanderers of the planets. To do this, he would not have sat quite on the ground but upon the root of the breadfruit tree. There's some Taipei for you. Mm -hmm. Nourishing commons of the Pacific. He would have meditated in that hopeful moment of 1791 like Thomas and Lydia Hardy – Notice adding the woman again,
2: mm-hmm.
1: not just Thomas Hardy, Toussaint Louverture, Wolf Tone, Constantine François Volney, Edward and Catherine Despard, and William Blake, but only Haywood sat in the Pacific. Captain Bligh used Pacific breadfruit to support Atlantic slavery, and he had Haywood captured and tried for his life. The globalizing globalizing powers have a long reach and endless patience. Yet the planetary wanderers do not forget. For they are ever ready from Africa to the Caribbean to Seattle to resist slavery mm-hmm. and restore the commons. So this was written in two thousand, published I think in two thousand. So this this was written during the Battle of Seattle, if you remember the the that's what he's talking they're talking about here, is the the anti globalization protests of yeah. Seattle in nineteen ninety nine. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm which kind of didn't go anywhere, but they were like defining for me. Like, that's a, That was a radicalizing moment for me too. I, I, I was still an undergraduate then. But this, like I knew something was wrong with mm-hmm. the whole system. And to see all these people from around the world like saying this is not right, like there is something wrong with this thing you're lifting up as the solution to all our problems. Our problems, right? That was the rhetoric of the '90s.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Was globalization is the panacea to every problem? Now that the Soviet Union's gone, like we can just move forward to this era of peace and trade and, and progress. There was um, but that's twenty years ago. That's like a that's like a significant chunk of a lifetime ago.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: There was
1: one, um, and we're like deeper in it. We're deep. It's worse. We're worse off now. Uh, environmentally and and i think in terms of our like the f- hope of a radical future
0: there's a, a one that happened in vancouver right before that 1997 mm-hmm. it was apec yeah um and that's uh, that's one where that's like, when they started
1: moving those to like authoritarian countries right
0: yeah yeah they uh, moved
1: those meetings to like the middle east to the middle east so And
0: and the prime minister, like on TV, making light of it after like Mm -hmm. a bunch of people are sprayed with pepper spray. And he says, Oh, I put pepper on my stick. I don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) And like, um, it was like, why, why is everybody upset? (laughs) (laughs) Why are these people protesting? I, I had no idea at the time, like what APEC was until, you know, showed up, but, um, they're busy doing their stuff. They're making their evil plans, coordinating their laws to fuck us. And then there's like yeah. a few people like, hey, what's going on? And they're like, usually at university uh, at the time, reading it in the stu- student newspaper. I was like, you know, this is happening on our campus. I was like, what's happening on our campus? I like socializing with you. You like socializing with me. This guy seems really upset. Let's listen to what he says. Um, so, that is why universities are kind of useful is because you can like occasionally learn things, but that was also a long time ago. And protests now are not about that. Universities are not about that, right? Because they don't have them at a university or near a university. They do take it to a third world country where I, I'm saying third world. Um, Second, I heard second world is uh, supposed to be the Soviet union. Is that? Yeah.
1: But now, like, geography textbooks changes to developing world. Right, right. But that feeds into it's this the euphemism neoliberal rhetoric, yeah. too. It's like, oh, they're just on their way to, to this. Like, there's still a teleology. Yeah. Like, third world is actually more radical because during the Cold War, the third world was a conscious program of countries to say, we don't want to follow the Soviet path. We don't want to follow the... Western but it means capitalism. poor.
0: Is what we learned from it, right?
1: Yeah, but that's not how it was intended when the term was created. No. It's like we're going to take a third path.
0: That's right, and uh, that. And you, it was like Africans you you poo on me Asian. for saying it's all propaganda, but dude, <laughs> there's so much. It's hard to hard to not know what's going on, right? Like,
1: no, I I just I don't. I just don't think I, There's a little
0: poo on my head from you pooing out. on me.
1: No, I think there's there's it's sometimes like sometimes you can say that's propaganda, but sometimes saying like it's all propaganda is
0: I, I mean, Th- Darth...
1: it's lazy thinking. It's the, the truth can be exposed and and it is there if you dig around.
0: But you also need to like have a. You also, like, you need to um, not be soaking in propaganda to, so uh, I, I go, I, I'm still, I think I'm not soaking in propaganda. I'm not talking about you. <laughs> I'm not talking about me. I, I was on the ferry, again, to go to Vancouver Island recently, and I saw it, the only place I ever see it, Adbusters Magazine, which is, uh, I don't know how they're surviving, <laughs> uh, because their magazine, and there's a the magazine rack was like only half full. Um, and it's not like I'm buying a copy because they're like fourteen dollars or whatever. But basically, it's an anti-propaganda magazine, right? They take whatever issue. Uh, there was the last time I saw it, uh, it had uh, Biden on one side and uh, Zelensky on the other, right? And it was like mm-hmm. a dosa dos ace double style magazine where you it, 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 two critical takes <laughs> on it, right? And I was like, oh, that's clever, um, and I heard about that magazine in high school when I was doing some sort of project. And I was like, oh, this is really cool. I really like the, uh, you know, <laughs> not taking the, the the line from the top and saying, yes, sir, yes, sir. How high, sir? Um, but that is the exception, right? Like, the majority of the stuff that's coming down the line, I, I heard Meghan Markle and her husband, the prince of something... Are getting a Netflix show? Uh, didn't they just have like a? I think it's out
1: now. Oh, yeah. I've not seen news reports about it.
0: And they had they had a the somebody had the number one show on uh, the Joe Rogan Spotify. Like they beat Joe Rogan or something. and somebody else pointed out that these these um, celebrities that are kings and queens, um, they they are like uh didn't like Obama and. The some musician have a podcast. They go like three episodes and then they're done because they really have nothing to say. They're contentless, right? For us, agreed. You know, your problem is there's too many books to read, and you're planning out 75 episodes for uh, Mark Twain and 100 episodes for Heinlein, and these guys Mm -hmm. they got nothing. And yet, they're the things that are being pushed. And a lot of people who, you know, should know better are still into it. Like, thinking that Meghan Markle means something that's important because she's angry at the queen for being racist or the other kid for being a pedophile or whatever. I don't know. I think, I think you can't... Uh, to say it's 100% is incorrect. Not everything is propaganda. My podcast is mostly not propaganda except for books I guess being yeah. an occasional good thing to read as long as they're audiobooks. That's the that's the extent of the propaganda. Everything else pretty much is.
1: It's just I mean that's a fine place to dwell, Jesse, is analyzing the propaganda and being aware of it and exposing it yes. perhaps, but that's not very interesting for me, I guess. That's what well.
0: That's uh, but you're. I'm, you're already. Con- I want the you're material. Condi- give, me the
1: material con- give me the material conditions.
0: But you need to be out from under, right? You need to be out from under. Otherwise, you're tacit. Not you. Yeah. No. I'm saying a person. I'm thinking maybe of maybe, Paul. Yeah. Most people aren't. I'm
1: thinking of Paul under it. But right? I don't care about that so much. Just let them be in their blanket. Let. let that's fine.
0: No, it's bad. It's not my job to save everyone. No, you, it can't be your job, but... No, we can't.
1: I'm, I'm just going to do my thing. Which is... I'm going to read Heinlein. Read Heinlein. Heinlein. Good. So I'm on.
0: very happy about this. I want you to do Poe eventually. I'm, all my wishes are coming true because you're doing Twain and Heinlein. So I'm putting the Poe wish on the list. Maybe a, a couple years later. Yeah, yeah. Just stay it's healthy. Gonna take a while. How's your uh, quitting smoking and drinking as much doing? I well, I'm losing weight. Well, that's you could good. be smoke. You could be smoking and losing weight. That's they often go together.
1: Yeah, maybe one one pack a week.
0: That's not very much.
1: Yeah, it's not bad.
0: I, I'm usually I, all at I, once. Usually all at once. But I used to be very anti-smoking and, and just if I, like if, I used if to
1: I have be a very anti-religion. I might buy some. If if I have a bad day at work, I might buy some cigarettes. Okay, that's all. I'm going to have a good. Di- I, I got I got I got a week long group project for my classes planned out, so I got a good week going ahead. Excellent. the The thing I the thing I don't like about teaching is mm-hmm. when I actually have to like deliver content. What do you mean? You love content. Like when I have to sit. When I sit in front of the class, mm-hmm. well, to people who want to hear it, I, I don't like delivering content to people who would well, rather be somewhere else. No,
0: of course not. So as much as
1: possible, I, I try to create activities. Dyna- dynamism. Where students learn themselves, yeah. right? They, they figure it out. Partially with ESL students. A lot of my students don't have very good English. So mm-hmm. you're better off just saying, read these pages, answer these questions, work in groups. You know, Because they're going to need translators. They're going to need help. Because their English doesn't... We accept students who don't have perfect English. Because we're a private school that's trying to make money. Right. So you got to have some flex with that. But most of my colleagues just like lecture. And I don't know how much they get out of that. Sometimes I do it. Sometimes I'm just like, let's present this. But if you don't have slides, you might as well be talking a different language. Which you are. <laughs> when you're teaching in Taiwan, te- well, you are teaching a different language, mm. which a lot of the kids they're not going to catch it all. Wow. So the the, old, the compromise is slides, PPT slides, which mm-hmm. is horrible.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: But they're going they to just copy because when you you read a te- you have to give them a test, and it's like the same language that you had on the PPT slide is in the test. It's like, yeah, this isn't working. No, but when you make them figure it out, it also but also when like the bosses walk by and they see you at your desk reading in a book and the students are all doing something. They're like, Oh, there's no teaching taking place here. Yeah. But there is. It, it's is it, you're
0: doing what works for the students. Yeah. At least you at least you're doing it in person. It's very I have very little in person right now. I mean it's Christmas, so it's slower. But we're devastated by this fucking lockdown shit. Mm. And it really hurts learning. Mm. I mean, I can't yell at a kid. I can't snatch something out of his hand. <laughs> I can yell at him and just can't snatch it out of his hand or say, here, drink this coffee. This is going to perk you up. Um, because you're not, you're not engaging with this amazing Lovecraft poem the way you should be. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it, it makes it really tough. But uh, yeah, bosses, you know, they care about how things look and how parents will react and all that stuff. But uh, what's what 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 about with your daughter's school? Because that sounds like it's a good thing. But um, why are the kids fucking yeah. off? Is because it because I think there's no no structure? I, I,
1: I there's some structure. I I just think.
0: I mean, maybe that's. I, better. I don't actually don't know. Maybe that's better.
1: It's because I, 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 my guess is the, the, the the teacher's criticism is coming out of a more traditional, wow, idea of academic achievement, which my kid does well with.
0: Yeah, some some kids do, but I, I think girls do better. As a yeah, I see role. that
1: all the time. I just think I think the criticism that, like I'm sometimes kind of hard on the boys, but kind of because they're my clan, they're my tribe, and when I see them faltering, I are the your women race lapping them. When I see them, the girls lapping them, I'm like, "Come on, guys, get your shit together! Don't let them embarrass us." <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I need you to do six more push-ups. But the, the, I guess the criticism is that. Traditional education is better, like whatever, like the woman's brain or something, and, or somehow they're how they're culture they're they're acculturated to do better in those tasks.
0: I just and think boys get
1: left behind I, more.
0: I, I, the way I say it to my when because I because education isn't really in person. I don't have that many boys in person right now. I'm thinking mm-hmm. I don't think I have any. Oh wow, They're all girls. Yeah. Um, oh, the boys need like you need to give them wooden swords. And have them hack at each other for like 45 minutes, right? Mm-hmm. And then you sit them down after they're all real tired and you talk philosophy and they're like, wow, man. Because they they had yeah. that sort of shit. That's why soccer, you know, you have them run around for a long time and then they're tired and then they're able to absorb things. Otherwise, they're just like too like sort of pumped up with, I don't know, lack of sword fighting. <laughs> It doesn't even have to be... It could be javelin throwing it. They just need to have some vigorous activity. uh, And then they'll be more... It's not compliant. I guess less um, upset. Less uh, restrained. I don't know. Yeah. But I still don't think um, uh, PE is the solution. PE is not good. I, the one good thing about PE is the grades. Don't, you, nobody cares about the grades,
2: Mm-hmm.
0: right? Like you get a great mark in PE, your parents don't care that much. I got bad grades in gym class. Yeah, I mean, they so couldn't do the, the the gymnastics and stuff. Sure, I yeah. wasn't very. You're good not the pace fastest pace. runner. Oh no. Yeah, but you know, uh, uh, you know the, the the there are things that kids like. Kids love dodgeball. Especially boys. They love throwing balls That's at people. That's kind of like gladiators. It is. This is like they it's like, "Hey, I'm going to throw a, a big heavy object at you. It's going to hurt if it hits you. What do you you want to do this?" Of course. <laughs> <laughs> right. right, of course. And yeah, it's scary. And I oh, uh I got uh oh, maybe I should send it to you. I got uh Philip K Dick uh volume 1 letters. Uh and Oh. It's so funny. I'm reading these very early letters, and they're all almost all to his mom. And it's like, Mom, send my pills. <laughs> and then his Mom, I need a doctor's note. And then, like, and the mom freaks out, and he's like, he has to spend four or five letters apologizing about how, you know, <laughs> he has to clean tables, and that's why he's doing bad at math. And that's why he said he thinks he can't do it at this prep school. It's <laughs> mm-hmm. like, oh, poor Philip K. Dick. And he's um he's so young, his spelling is terrible, and it's super funny. So, yeah, yeah I'll send that to you. Uh, I, was, All right. I was delighted by those little early, little, early letters. And then it, there's a massive jump between the 1940s and uh, early 50s. Where he's like, letter to uh, the guy who's accepting Ruge. His first... Yeah. Good. So well, let's time talk for me to go. Yeah, let's talk about uh, future things because um, you've been off so long. Oh. I um, yeah, I haven't been around lately. Dark is rising. Sorry, in, yeah, it's okay. Dark is rising is in two weeks. I don't think you're gonna be excited about Susan Cooper. I have not read it before. But
1: we do have the, the skull. skull. I'm on the skull. Yes, you're
0: your schedule. I'll be on the skull. Yeah, good story. Then uh, we're gonna do The Moon Maid. And I think we might even get Will for that. He expressed a question of when it was going to air. But I believe The Moon Maid is about communism. Communism on the moon. And there's a... Okay. Uh, what do you call that guy? Um, uh, Half-man... Half centaur. Oh, yeah. A, la- a lady riding a male centaur. So that well,
1: what's next week?
0: There's nothing. nothing. Next week. Nobody, nobody wanted to sign up for Christmas for some reason. So... Unless you got something
1: it's split. So our school, they give us Christmas off.
2: Mm
1: -hmm. Um, They did last year because Christmas was like on a Friday or Monday or something. Mm -hmm. And they they said the foreign teachers could have Christmas off. The students still had to go to school. It's not (laughs) a national holiday. But they just subbed. But now that Christmas is on a Sunday, the question came up like, do we get Monday off? And the answer is no. The answer is no. Of course. Fuck but, so, but I mean, I'm technically available. Okay. There's nothing. Um, let, let's. Uh, I mean, Life on the Mississippi. I, I, might, <laughs> I might talk about
0: Life on the Mississippi. I, I'm, I'm not prepped for that. I haven't even looked at how long it is. But um, I'm willing to do it in future. I just I don't think I have enough time in this. It's probably a good 13 hours. Yeah. I'd have to edit a lot because... I have not Lifeline you can throw Lifeline Uh, we could do Lifeline that's very short but it's not public domain I couldn't find an audio book I would have something
1: I got got Misfit audio book but I couldn't find Lifeline should be available the cool thing about Lifeline is it's kind of just a I mean it's not that interesting of an idea like oh someone figures out you can Pinpoint the time of your death. Mm-hmm. The funny thing about the the story is, it's like it pisses off the insurance company. Yes, so they, they whack the guy. Exactly. So the guy who invented the ability to like predict when people die, perfectly, died, like, perfectly, must have yeah. did it himself. And figure like, oh, I'm going to be killed by the insurance companies
0: for this. <laughs> yeah, it's it, he's a good writer. Uh, Heinlein has very few public domain. I've done that one. Man Who Traveled in Elephants is public domain. Also known as The Elephant Circuit. I can't remember that one very well. Uh, book review of, of Willie Lee's The Last Days of Creation and the first part of Tenderfoot in Space. Not parts two and three, which I think would turned into a novel. We could do, uh, what about doing that first um, rocket ship Galileo? I think that's not that long. And that should um, be available
1: not for next week, though. No, okay. Put it down the road. Put on the eighteenth, eighteenth,
0: nineteenth of, of of uh, February. Okay. All right, I'll put that on.
1: Yeah, just take a take a week off.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, I, like, I have. have lots have of website six shit to do. Backlog, backlog load. Yeah, I do have. Oh, yeah, that's not a question. It's just um, I've been, I've been trying to get the website up because the podcasts are broken. They've been broken for three weeks, something like that. And uh I'm almost ready to have everything go, but there's a thousand episodes I have to go in and click a tick box and add an episode number and it's a lot of work. Mm. Boring, lame, necessary work. Unpaid work. It's okay. Because uh oh uh, I'll Chip- go
1: do
0: you ever get any? I never look. I, I there there are there were some. I never look at it, and I think you have to go in there and tick something and say that you're delivering content, which I never do. So, yeah, I, I, I wasn't really into it in the first place. It was my mom's idea. I said, if you want to run it, go ahead. <laughs> and she said, well, you'll need this and this, and then you need to do it, and it's very easy. She loves business shit like that. I hate it. It's boring. I'm more like, hey, this book's cool. ship <laughs> Galileo by Heinlein. Alright. Um, that that
1: that's a juvenile, right? Yeah, it's his 1st we yep, We're going to run out of juveniles. We're going to run
0: out of juveniles. It's literally a sad story, because he is really good. Mm-hmm. Um, but you have so many good ones. Look, I'm really looking forward to your Heinleins when they start So the the thing is, like,
1: I had a theory of Philip Dick. I I had a theory of Lovecraft when I came in. Mm -hmm. was kind of talking. I don't really know what to make of Pine He's still baffling. Is that like I understand when he makes a point? I understand it,
0: but like, his his thesis is he's American. (laughs) yeah but not american in the way the government means
1: he's like actually i was surprised by that's a good thing for the series i was surprised by for us i thought it was going to be more like right-wing libertarianism not not social credit Mm -hmm. i didn't think it'd be like calling for universal basic income like he's saying like this is not socialism because we still have private industry Mm mm-hmm but everyone has like a guaranteed income, and government is using like investing through. Why don't we do that trade.
0: book? Uh, how long is that one? S- six hours, five, six, five hours. We can do that for next six, week. Five.
1: Um, I guess, but I don't know. It's still Christmas.
0: Right, well, we don't have to. It's fine. Um, yeah. I okay. Off. Shadows of Zambula. That's um uh, also known as something of the man eaters. That's a uh, African one. I I vaguely remember this one being pretty. Um, Got a lot ebony. of people on that one. That's true. I I vaguely remember it being Son of Avani though. Um. Let me just confirm my idea. All right.
1: you can put me down as a question mark.
0: Well, let me just try and Let's sell you it. now. Shadows. of... Unless you have to leave of Zambula. I'll leave soon, but. Okay, so here's the description. But I'll listen. The uh, story takes place over the course of a night in the desert city of Zambula with political intrigue amidst the streets filled with roaming cannibals. There we go. The story mm-hmm. also introduced a fearsome stra- a strangler uh, named Balptor, P-T-E-O-R, who is one of the few humans in the Conan stories to be phys- to physically challenge uh, the main character himself. By present day's sensibilities, the story is marred by including a racial stereotypes, Blacks as cannibals. Though Howard strove to lessen this by making it clear that the cannibals in Zambula are only a specific blacks from Darfar, which is real place. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Other blacks being untainted. A white character, Aram Bakash proves to be more sinister antagonist by facilitating, exploiting, and profiting from cannibalism of the Defari slaves. So it's like, this is probably, if you were going to say which book is the most, the many-headed Hydra, it'd be this one. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Um, might be. As opposed to the pirate ones, which there's a couple of examples. So it sounds good, right? It's set in the edge of the, uh, I want to say like, near uh southern egypt i mean it's not really wherever the story set, but i vaguely remember it being like um uh near a desert and uh cushites something like that yeah uh, robert all right Ro- me down all right good sold that's a conan story it is yes all right adding Evan. All right, Space Viking. That's that's a love letter to Paul, I think, because that got turned into a game he liked. Okay, what about the Golden Slave by Paul Anderson? That is a All right. It, oh, already sold. Okay, that's a um, uh, first century A.D. historical book. He apparently rewrote it uh, later on. Uh, Venom Business, Michael Crichton. You down for that? Nah. I'm liking this screen. You're doing the Michael Crichton stuff. Yeah, I like that Lang. John Lang. He's American. How can you <laughs> I know you're you're doing a lot of stuff so. And Rocketship Go. I right. I'm going
1: to I can out American you any day. Uh I mean probably I'm not going to let my my commitment to American writers be be uh <laughs> undercut here.
0: I think I I mean do michael creighton at some point i think we should do his late stuff too like that that book that got him people mad at him for global warming i don't i haven't read it and i don't know anything about it other than he people got mad at him because he's they're saying he's a global warming denier yeah i remember oh, that it uh, ended his career right yeah well i mean yeah sort of it, it, it ended him being in the good books He can never be like Stephen King, a good boy. (laughs) He's a good boy because he does whatever they say. Um, I I made a joke about that when somebody said, what about his blank book that has a blank in it? I said, if they ask him to, he'll take it down because he's a good boy. (laughs) I mean, because he wants to think of himself that way, I think. Like, rather than, fuck you, I'm doing it my own way. Put it all in the public domain, you fucks. (laughs) No! You're ruining it! How are we going to make our billions if you just let everybody have your books, sir? Oh, man. Oh, I've also developed a really strong theory about um, Westerns, uh, which is... Um, it's, uh, ketchup and mustard. So if you look at the cover of all these Westerns, um, uh, hashtag ketchup <laughs> and mustard. Get up. <laughs> I don't know what it means other than they I don't like...
1: follow. Ketchup, mustard.
0: So they wear ketchup and mustard colors, yellow and red. Yeah. And the theory is uh, (laughs) that they do it, (laughs) and it means something, but (laughs) probably nothing important. But look at like no cowboys actually dress like this, right? I presume not. Red shirt, yellow dress, red neckerchief, yellow shirt. I mean, I like it, and it's distinctive. But this is just some random tweet somebody tweeted, and it's like there's another ketchup and mustard getup. And like it's not every cover of every pulp magazine, but it's a lot. And I guess it's just the pulp style covers, and it makes it attract. Be colorful. It's colorful. Yeah, Yeah. there's also blues and whites and stuff, but yellow and red uh, for clothes. Weird. What does it mean? Probably nothing. Looks cool. But I, I've developed the word, the phrase for it, I guess. The ketchup and mustard get up. All right. I'll let you off. Uh, it's snowing here, by the way, quite heavily. Well, have fun. Oh, yeah. I, I came back early from my trip to the island because
1: it was going to snow, and it did. All right. See you next time.
0: Sounds good. Thank you, sir. See you in the new year. Yeah, bye-bye. Bye. <laughs> This has been the SFF Audio Podcast. Please join us at www.sffaudio.com. And thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this podcast, consider becoming a patron at patreon.com forward slash SFF Audio.
1: A iron heel.
0: Uh. Okay, so in that it's, it, it, it's is it a here. dystopia?
2: No, it's
1: not. It's I have re- I
0: have I I really don't know much about it other than it's about social credit. They're,
1: is I it a future
0: like he falls asleep and wakes up in a future?
1: Uh, he has a car accident and wakes up and he's in a different body, and it's never really explained how. It's just like oh, someone just like euthanized himself and gave up their body, All right. so. You can your soul somehow is able to take it over. Who cares? It's like yeah, yeah, yeah. looking backward. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Yeah. You just need the interlocutor from the past or from some other society right. to be in our utopia. Yeah, that's the important part, yes. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, yeah, like, one of the first things that happens is he's sitting there with this woman who's kind of adopted him, and, and she just takes off her clothes, and he's like, are uh-huh. you naked? She's like, <laughs> Well, why wouldn't I be? Naked? <laughs> um, but Island. it quickly gets a, it. It gets a lot into the history, like
0: authentic up
1: till that leads up until I think it's twenty eighties. It's the twenty eighties or something. Um, a lot of utopian cliches, like oh, we need to have isolationism for this to work. So we'll just mm. annihilate Europe, you know, in a third world war.
0: That's fine. And
1: pretend they don't exist because we we need it to work. But it's. It has a the you know the social credit.
0: Mm, yeah, we have concept. it as a party up here. It's weird.
1: Yeah, it's you know it's kind of I guess a modern thought on this is like modern monetary theory. Mm-hmm. That's a lot in common with this mm-hmm. this idea that money's purpose is just to match consumption with productive capacity.
0: That yeah, was um, which the ruling party I agree of with British Columbia for probably about fifty mm-hmm. years.
1: So there's that. There's obviously he's I has in the name time for marriage so he you know he's got a completely libertarian view of relationships which is you know I appreciate of course of
0: course
1: you know marriage is just a contract that people get into if they want and they don't have to and um he gets jealous at one point and hits hits like her other boyfriend <laughs> and he has to go to like a Basically, jail is like psychotherapy where they break down like, "Why are you this way?"
0: And say, "Can you just kiss, done, and kiss and make up with the, that boyfriend?" And he's like, "I guess." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and they they seems a little gay, okay, but okay.
1: <laughs> they force him to uh, break down his preconceptions, but a really good metaphor, which I talked about in the episode, is like we are like people say, "Oh, jealousy is natural." Okay, I'll, I'll I'll accept that, but so is like freaking out over food. And, like, being obsessed about finding food. Right. Right? That's... We are naturally... Should be crazy about food and always worrying about food and jealous over food. Because that's kind of our evolutionary heritage. But we don't.
0: Not always, yeah.
1: And the reason why is because we there's plenty of food, right? right? I mean, there are food insecure people. But for the most part, yeah, we don't have to worry about food because we're post-scarcity with food and... And that's how we should be with these other remnants of our evolutionary past. We should really get past them.
0: Cool. I'm looking so forward to that.
1: That's good. Um, I don't have that. It's just so – it's just something. Read it, you know, if if you want. I will. Um, the roads are in there.
0: The,
1: R- the roads conveyor must belts. still roll. Yeah. He, so there's, I, I think, ideas he's playing with here. But mm-hmm. there's
0: no narrative. There's no story. That's okay. I don't mind if it's just a setting. That's cool. Um, so, let's do some pre-chat in case uh, we have anything exciting to say. Um, number one, no one else is coming for this? You not just, get anyone excited about Peter Limbaugh and Marcus Rediker. Well, Paul, I think, is in Vietnam. And uh, this is this is pretty radical. And I kind of wanted to ask you about yeah. that, but I'll wait for the show. Um Uh, so, uh, number one, I want you to try that Andor show (laughs) because it's not the best like thing ever, but it's, it's much better than every Star Wars thing, uh, since, you know, I was a kid. Um, and the reason it's, it's really good is they do it kind of the opposite. I I sent you a, I don't know, a trailer or something for it, uh. Real trailers or some YouTube satire that goes through the show and what it's about and how it's different from from other shows, and I think you'll I think you'll appreciate it. Um, even though it is yes, it's for children. It's also uh, it's pretty good for children. as opposed to most, most. Um, which are, yeah, pretty um, dumb. Uh, and yeah, I'm sure, of under, dumb. My my friends in America all like Star Wars. I mean I Americans are dumb what, what can I tell you they're isolated they're uh sheltered there's all sorts of reasons I mean not all of them of course but as a as a as a whole they are um and Canadians too but not you know not to this nth degree cuz we have we have the united states to sneer at so <laughs> we're, yeah. we're 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 ignoring the rest of the world, but we at least have the United States to sneer at. Whereas the United States just sneers at everybody without knowing what they're sneering at. Generally, I mean,
1: these are not. I've actually been watching a fair amount of TV lately because I, I, I actually went and watched the Lord of the Rings series. Oof! Um, did you watch all of it? I watched the first one and thought, That's yeah, enough. I watched the first one, uh, and I stopped. And and anyways, our TV died. or the landlord's TV. Uh-huh. And it was an old piece of junk where you could still see the pixels and things. Oh. So we, we talked to landlord like, this piece of junk we have to get rid of. Can we buy it? We're going to buy a new one. Mm-hmm.
0: And it came with and Apple, we, So we Apple bought a TV QLED.
1: Oh, okay. no, we bought a QLED. So it's not like the newest top of the line thing, but and it sounds pretty new to me. Pretty amazing. Yeah, comparatively. So that changes things.
0: Now, now all. the now the writing's much better.
1: <laughs> the, the writing was not better on that. The first episode still was kind of boring. I, um, I realized that this is actually like one of like like there's going to have to be more seasons.
0: Yeah, well that's the plan. Because right? they
1: only get to like the forging of the elf rings. They don't do any of the others. So I thought it was going to be that whole backstory. But it's it's, it's an
0: independent story with sort of yeah. Rhyming so there's
1: stuff. going to be more seasons, which makes the big expenditure of whatever they spend on the rights make more sense. But it works. It it comes together by the end. I think there's I'm, a lot of good stuff in there.
0: I'm glad you're enjoying it. I I, I did I enjoy it by think, the end. I don't I, think I'm going to go for it. I've got. I don't I've think got it's great. But a couple of it's things. It's not a huge investment of time. Oh, uh, how many episodes this is take? Oh, okay. Eight. Yeah. Um, um, I watched so,
1: that. Yeah, Midnight
0: Club was good. Of course, I was so watching that's that. that's the Flanagan thing?
1: Yeah. And I, I got to put this on air because I, I did put it on Twitter, but it's not like that tweet took off. No, it didn't. Um, I When I saw that, I immediately, well, not immediately, but after a few episodes, I'm like, this guy is advertising for his ability to tell the Dark Tower. And... I couldn't find anyone else like tweeting something similar. I know people have I talked about I think there was one since then. He's wanted it? to do that. But yeah. but the fact that Midnight Club is Dark Tower-ish and I know it's based on some YA novels that that guy did. Uh-huh. Um but he like, likes the Midnight. story
0: that's two shows he has. Yeah,
1: the storytelling within the storytelling where those stories are 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 not just character development but actually relevant to the narrative. Is really what the dark Tower is? I mean, half the books are people sitting around a campfire telling stories to each other about their pasts.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So that, and then there's like a scene where like someone literally sacrifices himself, pushing someone out of the way of a car, which is directly lifted from the dark tower. Mm. There are some other things, but largely it was the way of using stories within stories. Um,
0: what was the scene known? It's for kind of. Playing outside with because uh, i i'm not seen any of these shows right and i haven't read that book so what is wh- why are you so excited about mike flanagan what was his big thing because i'm looking at this i think he's just really good at long-form storytelling
1: he's really I've good at long-form seen. storytelling hmm. he does the the tenor movie thing better than i think anything anyone he, else i've seen
0: did the haunting of hill house was that him yeah haunting of hill house Blind manor Okay. I heard Mass. the ending was bad. Somebody yeah. said the ending was different from the book, or something.
1: Well, it's not really that one. The Hill House one's not really an adaptation of Hill House, ah. and Blind is not an adaptation at the Turn of the Screw. I see. Really? Uh,
0: Inspira- inspired by?
1: Yeah, and I don't think Midnight Club is a direct adaptation of that either. I, of course, I haven't read it.
0: And it says he's doing a Fall of the House of Usher, which I do know. That's its. That's its last
1: Netflix. I uh, see deal but are um, these
0: like a, a series like do they say Bly is a sequel to the no, uh, they're, no they're all they're all standalone okay all
1: right so as far as i know he's never done a multi-season thing i think he wanted midnight club to be two and then netflix dropped it so that's one reason he bailed i think on netflix but the fact that netflix had the dark tower rights and he moved to amazon immediately i'm like yeah there's something up with that um
0: you get him, and then <laughs>
1: yeah, he's good. He's really good, and he gets he's he's like Darabont. He's the guy who gets Stephen King, right? Yeah, like. Darabont got Stephen King, and he gets it like midnight he, he Only
0: did the one movie, Darabont, right? He did Gerald's Game, and oh, Bad I haven't Game. seen Gerald's Game. Okay, yeah,
1: which is a whole novel of a woman handcuffed to a bed, and he managed to adapt it.
0: <laughs> so he did. He did the the man handcuffed to her. Uh, a bed. And now he does the women handcuffed to a Yeah. Bed. Until somebody gets handcuffed to a bed, then he, that both of those books are going to get banned. So, <laughs> banned. so I wanted to I wanted to contrast this with the story that's researching on Twitter about uh, Tom Lehrer. Um, okay. You did you hear about this? It's tweeted. No. The to, uh, Tom Lehrer is the guy who did a song. Uh, like he's a mathematician. Uh, I don't know professor. Harvard or something, and he's famous for his musical stuff from, I want to say, the 50s? 60s? Um, He made a song about uh, Werner Von Braun Uh, uh, that's really funny. um, Once the rockets go up, where they come down? It's not my department, says Mm -hmm. Werner Von Braun. And um, how he's like, it's interesting that this SS guy gets swept up in paperclip and brought to the United States, and at the end of the song, he says, and I'm learning Chinese. <laughs> 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 he's going to get a clip to China. Um, just making a lot of fun. So this uh, Tom Lair guy is not super famous um, as a musician unless you watch, like, I don't know, TV in the 60s or something. Um, yeah. He's a piano guy. And uh, he has a website. He's 94 years old now where he's made everything public domain um all his music all his sheet music all his uh voice recordings um anything that he had the rights to he's like hey, it's all free come take it don't send me any money mm-hmm. um and i was thinking about how that is like we had that conversation about king and uh, dollar baby which i still am not an expert in at all because i don't really mm-hmm. care um but uh that that's the opposite in how Paul was like, No, you can't do that. I'm like, who has more money? Tom Lehrer, <laughs> a guy you've ne- yeah. barely heard of, or uh Stephen King. And you can say, Well, he's end of life, right? He's at ninety four. He's mm-hmm. doesn't he's not gonna make lots of money. Like Stephen King, if he just n- never made any more money from his previous works, from his from his mm-hmm. future works, he could just coast. He'd be fine, right? Yeah. So that's the difference between like a a guy who actually gets it and a guy who's like, no, I can't really quite go there. So I thought that was a a fun story because most people don't do that. They don't Mm -hmm. say, Hey, everything of mine is public domain. And they have some substantial catalog rather than like, I hope this helps my future career sort of move where I give away one free thing and, because that's generally how people try and do it. They try what was, and bootstrap.
1: Well, I think Paul's argument was something like, you, you need to like gatekeep just to protect like the brand.
0: Right, right. Yeah. And I think that that is King's argument too, right? Yeah. Like, he's like, I can't let the Hydra loose sort of thing, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that, that that's the fundamental difference. Is One, he is operating from a point of scarcity and like, we've got to guard and protect and because people could make, bad things with, they could make child porn with Gerald's game or something like that, right? And you're like, I can't be associated with that, <laughs> says King. Yeah. Um, so I think that, that that is the fundamental difference. So I, I want to get into that more when we talk uh, about the book, but uh, I wanted to tell you uh, about a couple other things. One is, because we haven't talked in a while, um, yeah. there was a there's a show I'm watching called The Last Ship, it's uh it was like a tnt show i think yeah it's, it's on something. prime uh, same as that uh lord of the rings um it went from 2014 to 2018 and it starts off as a a global pandemic um kills everybody and the only ship that's outside of the pandemic comes back uh with possibly the cure for it and it's, it's actually based on a novel, but the novel is about nuclear war, and it's basically a retelling of On the Beach, which mm-hmm. uh, this is not. It's it's about a global pandemic caused by a uh, lab leak and a um, gain of function. <laughs> it's really quite interesting how funny it is. <laughs> um, and then uh, as the seasons go on, I guess they sort of ran out of idea in the first mm-hmm. season because we, we cure it and then – that's an end goal. And they kind of get to that in the second season, I guess. Um, by the third or the fourth season, they're dealing with other things. Uh, the third season is like um, there's Ch- China's uh, withholding the cure to punish Japan. And Japan's got, you know, like uh, been genocided. And so it's it's like a global in scope. And it's nautical, which I'm a big fan of. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the fourth season... Um, they say, you know, that virus, oh, it's mutated or whatever. And now it's going back to its original form, which is uh, attacking plants. And I'm like, what? (laughs) I'll go with it. And uh, so it becomes, uh, there's a novel called The Death of Grass, which is a very cool novel from the UK about how uh, rust uh, on things like corn, anything that's grass-related, will kill the human uh, race because we rely on so many grown things for not just direct consumption, but for our animals that we also eat. Mm-hmm. And so that book is like, it's basically just an excuse to, to get people upset about scarcity. Um, this is the same idea, but uh, on a ship. And so uh, what's it, what's really interesting to me about the show is it's one of those shows where uh, the, it's a Michael Bay movie. So, he got like money from or I guess not money, he got free use of uh, a, a US naval destroyer right, a very high end mm-hmm. piece of tech uh, for filming and they film a lot with it, like you know just at sea with, with the name on the back of the boat and they're doing right turns and left <laughs> turns or port turns and starboard turns and you know submarine this and th- so it's basically it's compromised from the beginning because it has to get script approval from the Navy, but other than that, it's pretty good. <laughs> like they do pretty well with with uh, this. It, it doesn't come across like science fiction, but it is science fiction. So mm-hmm. it's a, it's kind of interesting show. I had watched uh, I I don't know maybe part of the first season when it came out, uh, but in the light of um, other things since then, it's, it's been okay. I don't know. Um, I think there was something else I wanted to talk to. Yeah, I don't know about. if I'm going to invest fifty hours into. Uh, uh, a ship. Yeah, there are like 10, ten episodes a season as well. So, mm-hmm. but yeah, it's not it's not amazing, but um, it does have boats, which I'm a big fan of. Uh, hmm. I don't know. Let me look at the schedule. Can't think of too much. Uh
1: nothing else happening that I'm watching. Anything.
0: Oh, I, yeah, I remembered what the oh, other really? one was. So today I'm going to do some tutoring and the student, I don't know how this happened, but she's going to write about um, uh, Twilight New Moon, the movie. <laughs> and I i remembered back when those books came out, I i had a student writing about one of the books. And so I read part of the book and I'm like, this is horrible. <laughs> 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 and so I watched Twilight New Moon last night. And it's it's very long. It's almost full 2 hours. Maybe maybe it's a little even a little longer than that. It's 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 a very long movie. Um and I'd never seen it before, of course. Uh and it's exactly what I thought it would be. But I kind of liked it even though it's terrible. <laughs> it's like and part of the part of the amazing thing about it is technically it's brilliant. Like it's beautifully shot. There's a lot of nice camera movements. The actors are good. Everything about it is terrible <laughs> because uh, it's it's so trad wifey. Um, like the aspirations of this girl to be loved by multiple men and to have to be forced to choose and and like she she's important but she has no skills. <laughs> it's like it's like uh, my womb is sacred. <laughs> she never says that, but I, my job is to pick the right man and she has to sort of choose between a vampire. Hey, that stuff sells. Dude, I can't believe how insightful it is into like a teenage girl mind. Um, and why, I guess that's why it was so popular. But, um, the things that like struck me is like in this movie, which is the second one in a series, right? Um, she gets like physically damaged, I think three or four times, like, and one is she's, like, thrown across the room by a vampire and her arm gets cut. Another one, she's, like, on a motorcycle that she gets on for no reason, goes out of control, and her head gets smashed. And then she jumps off a, a cliff and she drowns and then gets her head smashed. And then she's, like, seeing ghosts, all, ghosts of the vampire all the time, like he's her father or her parents, like super ego imposed over like situations lie in the situation as like what a weird book and I, i really think it is a book because it's so not like a normal movie like it doesn't follow the beats of a movie plot it's not an adaptation almost i think it's like a filming of the book and i've never seen that before It's just Mm -hmm. so weird. Or, I guess, I guess there is like, um, what remember those, um, Ayn Rand books that got turned into movies? Like, um, the one with the metal, Reardon Metal. What the hell is that book? Uh, Reardon. That I never heard of. I know they did like an Atlas Shrugged movie that kind of. I Uh. think that was the Reardon Metal. I I think it is Atlas Shrugged. Uh, I've only read one an an Rand book. But yeah, so Reardon Metal is the name of the company uh oh. in Atlas Shrugged. And so like when you watch those movies, it uh it looks like a movie from minute to minute, but it doesn't follow the plot very well. But this is even more like it like in in a film you have like a opening <laughs> and then introduction and that in this movie it there's no like it's just like there's been a pause bathroom break between the first movie and the second movie and so you come back and you know you're supposed to know who all these characters are and they have relationships that last uh, some couple of years or six months Mm -hmm. it's so weird but it's so funny and uh when uh, i looked at the um First thing I looked at, you know, to search for it, it has like 29% on Rotten Tomatoes. All the critics hate it. And then I think it's like 65 or 85 uh, from the regular audience. So I'm not the target audience, but I'm like, this is very insightful. (laughs) And, um, she, uh, the lady who wrote it, right, she's, uh, LCS, not, uh, not from our book here, but, um, Latter-day Saints? LDS, that's yeah. the one. <laughs> um, and uh, they're, um, they're all about uh, saving it for marriage, right? And so that, that's what is going on in the movie, but with vampires and werewolves. And then the, the vampires are, can walk out in the daytime, and the werewolves just shift when they want to or when they get angry. And uh, it's, you know, beautifully filmed in a nice location but the the things that like normally we would think of as um uh taboo subjects like the indians are all werewolves <laughs> like oh wow she doesn't care she doesn't care she just like um will you be a good you know boyfriend to me and if i have to choose between the white man and the indian i like the indian he's real buff but the white man he he gets me and he's haunts my thoughts and won't you turn me into a vampire? Um, and, like, I don't know how it's how it's going to end. I'm not going to probably follow up and find out. There's, like, three or four more movies. I think there's... Yeah, I think they probably doubled up. That was the during the Harry month. Potter, so they're, they're kind yes. of competing with that. But it's so different from Harry Potter, because Harry Potter's, like, children. Whereas this is, like... She's, like, depressed for six months while her vampire moves away. And, like having nightmares yeah. and s- almost suicidal ideation. It's not really, but, um, it's so, but I think a lot of those same politics are in Harry Potter. Cause a lot of
1: those movies is like, there's not much who should sexual be with who. tension. Is there? I, I no, well, it's, it's all about like who should be with who. It's like, it's like a lot of shipping, I think went on among
0: fans. Really? Oh yes. We, um, among yeah. fans, but that's cause they're mostly older. But It's in the, the story too. Audience. I only yeah, read the first one.
1: She, she kind of just gives in to the fans. And, and ships the proper people. Really, and, uh, and or something. But I was actually I was thinking about Harry Potter and its effect on like our culture when I watched the first episode of Wednesday.
0: I haven't seen that. One of my students has watched it because that. it's my understanding
1: of Adams family is just that they're just weird rich people, right? Uh, they're, like, yeah. they're kind of goofy because they're w- weird and rich they're and cast. <laughs> yeah, but they're not magic, right?
0: I don't think so, but I. Oh,
1: but they I wasn't put the Match Watcher. in, oh, really? and they send Wednesday to a boarding school where there are like groups. And I, at first, I'm like, oh, so there's just cliques. Yeah, schools have that, but no, it's like the cliques are like vampires and werewolves and like mermaids. Oh my god! And so it's they've essentially Harry Potterized Wednesday Adams. Ah. That makes
0: sense. The they took way. their property and said we can do something with this if we yeah. tweak it the right way. Isn't there another one like that? Like a that it's like uh based on a comic book. It's a Netflix series that it's basically X Men, but because they didn't have X Men Oh,
1: the that umbrella thing. That's umbrella, umbrella Academy.
0: Academy, that's right. I never watched that. I didn't either, but it seems like it's just Professor X and the X Men and except their kids. Or I guess it's New Mutants. Uh, yeah, they the kids. You and uh, there was a little, little angst in there, but um, it's. Uh, I, I haven't seen this Wednesday. Did you watch much of it?
1: Well, like an episode, I gave up ten minutes of the next episode. Okay. Yeah,
2: like I think there it's are funny bits because it's all
1: it's all that it's all Wednesday. Just the way she talks. That's the that's the only gag. Mm. You only have to watch one episode of it to get your little your feast of it, and then move on. Because hmm. you don't get any of the other Adams families members. They just drop her off at the school, and then she becomes like a detective. huh. Oh, like seems a murder like, mystery thing going on.
0: Seems like something kids alike.
1: Yeah, it's it's for them. Is
0: it's your daughter the into like Andor? This sort of thing. Hey, you can't slam Andor that way. You haven't watched it yet. I I um, I agree Andor. It, actually, I don't think kids will like Andor cuz it's kind of slow. And it's it's it it keeps the action very <laughs> minimal. I mean, um, I guess there's action, but it's not very it's not action-packed for sure.
1: Yeah, my kid doesn't watch that kind of stuff.
0: Really? It's all um, um anime or whatever. I, there's a whole
1: well, she she convinced me she she did convince me to watch Arcane and I
0: right, appreciate that. Right.
1: That was worth watching. But I don't think she's she's not that hooked on TV. Which is a good thing. I,
0: I think that that's true of almost all kids. I think it's like streaming's way too big. <laughs> 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 um, I mean it's it's good but not the way it's set up where uh, you know Jeff Bezos controls it all.
1: I think she was watching something on Netflix. Um, young royals, something like that. Oof. Something, something royals.
0: Yeah, not not a um,
1: thing. What is it called? Gonna trying to remember.
0: While oh, you do that, I'm going to look up this book so I get the guy's names right. Marcus
1: Radiker and other guys. young royals. Yeah, young royals. It is, but I, I think. She just kind of hate watches it. I I get the sense. <laughs> With her friends, <laughs> they were watching the Dahmer series at her school. Oh, sounds scary. Um, yeah. We'll see if that school holds. They they still have a lot of like grade school students, but their high school is like down to four kids.
0: Wow, why
1: their high school level? And like two of them are kind of just checking out, like not doing any work, only like. She's saying only two of the kids are actually putting the time in to actually be good students. So the the owner is thinking of just shutting down Then we might have to like pure homeschooler.
0: I wouldn't be bad.
1: Yeah, wouldn't be. Uh, I mean, I'm already doing it for math because she's not getting enough math there.
0: I remembered what I I sent it to you, um, but I'm sure you haven't listened to it yet. The uh, Right Good show. Yeah, I just got that. Um, Okay, so this is really interesting. Um, It's, I I don't see what the episode number is here. It's the latest one. (laughs) Came out December 15th. Um, It's called How We Read and Why, and it's uh, the lady talking to some guy, some YouTuber. Um, But they're talking about, uh, it's called um, Whole Language which mm-hmm. is uh, m- teaching children to read method i had heard of but never investigated but i think i've experienced the fallout from it but trying to teach kids uh, tutoring but basically it 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 do- it's a writing or reading technique that doesn't work there's no phonetics involved so you're not allowed to like look at ph and and say uh phoenix right uh you have to guess <laughs> and it's a, what's really funny about it is that the six minute mark into it they i like this sounds like bullshit but mm-hmm. at the six minute mark they have some gambling streamer i didn't even know there were such a thing uh who's trying to read the wikipedia entry for fascism and his his ability to read words is massively compromised by the fact that he can't sound things out. So anything he's never seen before, he can't try and pronounce. And so he just guesses. Uh, Mm -hmm. So uh, it's like, he can't even, he doesn't know what fascism, like he can't, it's not that he doesn't know, he can't pronounce the word fascism or authoritarianism. Any long words that he's never seen before, uh, you know, most, most people don't read a lot, but this is actually causing people not to read things well i think i'm a product of,
1: of that i don't even remember learning phonics i mean i don't remember learning to read that way right um i remembered a lot of like sustained silent reading and stuff going on yeah I, and i don't know the whole theory of whole reading my understanding is they expose you to books yes and and,
0: and then you're supposed to you basically yes. learn yes
1: you look up words when you need to and things like that but it's not about this sounding them out
0: Right. Right. It's not about sounding. It's
1: the idea. Those are just signs. I think maybe this is tied to postmodernism in a way that language is just signs. What really matters is the concept behind them, which I think is philosophically true, of course. Right. There's there's nothing natural about words. They are arbitrary.
0: The sounds are are legit. It's the written form that is the new thing. Yeah, that's. You don't. Uh, you don't tend cases, to learn to read without by... without somebody teaching you how to do it, right? Like, mm-hmm. you do learn languages naturally, just by being around people when you're a kid, anyways. Mm-hmm. And as an adult, I think you will put in a little effort to, if you move mm-hmm. to a foreign country and nobody there speaks your language, you'll put in a little effort not to be socially isolated. Um, And maybe you won't be as good, but learning to read is a different kind of skill. It's actually something that I think probably should be done at home rather than at school. And I can't remember my reading process, but I've heard stories of how kids just learn to read on their own. And I'm a little bit dubious of that. I think there was probably some parents going. I don't know how my kid learned to read. Yeah, um, you'd have you have to go we, back we and look the We read to her a lot. Yeah, we
1: read to her a lot, and we tried with those Bob's books, those little little readers, and she was bored. Mm-hmm. And and we continued to read to her and expose her to books, and then she sort of picked that up. She wasn't getting it at Taiwanese grade school.
0: Yeah, the because cool,
1: they bad. do get English lessons, but it's like second, like once a week or a couple times a week, they get a mm-hmm. little English, but. She's fine now. Like, I don't know about pronunciation issues, but on like her ability to read adult books is not harmed mm-hmm. by however she learned to read. Um, but it happened. The thing is, you read. I think it's fine if you read a lot. If you're an average person that never reads, I could see it being quite devastating.
0: Yeah, if you have to like follow forms if you like just so much of our life like i get email all the time and i don't want to answer any of it not because i don't i can't read it's because i don't want to read all this garbage Mm -hmm. right so uh but some of those emails you have to read because it's government shit (laughs) they're gonna tax the fuck out of you or something if you don't do something or like in my condo there's so many goddamn postings and rules and this and that, not this day. but this, And then the person who writes the like, condo thing has bad grammar and doesn't know punctuation. It makes it hard, hard to know what's going on. Um, so, like, but, it, you need a little bit of reading ability if you're going to live in a non uh, hunter-gatherer society.
1: But still, I, I don't know if there's got to be some kind of middle, middle ground here, because like phonics alone doesn't teach you what any words mean
0: no it's not about meaning. it's like reading it's chinese about...
1: you can read chinese without knowing how any of the words sound but in fact that's how me- like majority of people learn the same writ
0: language but i, th-
1: I think the majority of people
0: learn things on their own right it's not like uh i think they they get interested in something and then they start focusing it on its own and you can live on youtube right just learn everything from there. But you still need to be able to type things in, right? So you do need to have some literacy just to type things in, to to search for more things. So, you know, woodworking, right? I want to be a woodworker. You you need to learn to spell wood and worker. (laughs) Um, So you need a little bit of everything. But uh, even once, you know, once you, at least it used to be the case. I'm just speaking from... My own life. It used to be the case that it, once you want to learn something, you actually have to go and read actual text. I prefer audio. I prefer video. Mm. I prefer comics. But you probably have to read actual text to get some, some things. And that's probably still going to be the case for a while. So however you learn to read, you have to have it. But I, I don't think school is probably doing it much at all. I, I remember my grandmother. She used to teach ESL. And uh, she used the phonics system, and it was not. It was like a mixed class. It wasn't like one age group, right? And teaching ESL English is kind of fucked up. And you know, somebody was talking about the word put, P U T. Um, mm-hmm. it should be spelled P O O T, right? Because otherwise, it's put Because the U is a, mm-hmm. uh, right? So my grandmother had uh, on the window of her. Her classroom, which was quite large from my memory, um, she had like uh, 40 ice cream buckets, and in the buckets were like little dinosaurs and cars and um, and one of the things she would do is as an exercise is like you take a, a bunch of these toys or little objects, you know, little apple or whatever, and you put it in the bucket associated with it, and it it's based on the letters, but also the sounds. And that's why there was more than, you know, 26 buckets. There was 40 buckets or something like that. And I was like, these are fun toys. Why are they all mixed up like this? Um, <laughs> but she was, like, really thinking about this. Like, I, my job is to make these kids, or, and I guess uh, semi-adults, know how to speak. And this is before, in time of ESL training, like, all the students I get they're all basically English speakers already. The adult students are not sometimes, but all the kids all have English really pretty solid. But when she was getting, you know, people immigrating to Canada, none of them had any English. Essentially, there's no foreign language learning in their country of origin. It was all, but now I think every country teaches English as seems like it, right, as a elective at least and so they're all coming, all the immigrants are coming with English as a, as a basic background maybe there's some countries in the world that don't do that but I don't think we're getting yeah. immigrants from them so uh, yeah, that's a it's a, a surprisingly good podcast that, right, good I, I, I guess I'm grading on a curve because I, I listen to a lot of podcasts that are pretty bad I'm thinking specifically of that uh, uh, our our opinions are correct which I kind of do listen as a hate listen uh, (laughs) because they're so powerful um, in their um, field but their ideas are poor and I think I think a lot about how um, like how how can people want to read this stuff but I I think that Kitty Sneezes podcast talks a little bit about you know, mm-hmm. read my book. Um, I don't. You don't read the classics. They talk a little bit about that in there. Don't read the classics. Uh, Ethan Fromm's not going to help you. Although I don't remember good things about Ethan Fromm, so maybe not. I'm speaking poorly. Uh, let's uh, do a show. Sure. All right. Okay. Recording's working. And uh, I guess here we go.